0: We live in a three-dimensional physical world here, um, and our, our will and our intent um, and the spirit drives us, but everyone needs resources. Any human being. Spirit, spirit. Any human being? Now he's like, go away, boys, I've been drinking. Spirit, spirit. And the beam of light, you know, at different times of the year, shines onto the floor. Well, the, the ancient astronomers, the Hohokam, it was called a hole in the Bar. and that was, a, it was an ancient rq astronomical site and they uh they were probably watching venus there as well and the um, the wandering stars on the planets right ancient archaeo astronomical three-dimensional physical they said what are we gonna name this town and we had a name um you guys know the original name of phoenix absolutely not pumpkinville As the sun was setting and he noticed that there were these uh, lines coming off the river and lines like intersected kind of like veins and he went down to the valley and he started kind of poking around and digging in these veins and he realized that there was backfill it wasn't original soil it was backfilled soil it was a lot looser it didn't have huge stones in it. and he discovered the canal system So what they did is they put the all-seeing eye in the center of an invisible capstone on a pyramid built into the downtown So what they did is they put the all-seeing eye in the center of an invisible capstone on a pyramid built into the downtown
1: peninsula. Hey, Fire Tribe, welcome to Rising from the Ashes. This is the first interview of the month focusing on this new theme, syncretism and esoteric America. And you know you can support us over on Patreon for three bucks a month, brand new awesome content, and go and join the Telegram group. We got a great family over there growing every day. Enjoy. You are listening to Rising from the Ashes. You are listening
2: to Rising from the Ashes. Yeah, man. Well, today on the show, we have Corey Daniel from Phoenix Enigma. Hello. Well, today on the show, we have Corey Daniel from Phoenix Enigma.
1: Rising, 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 woo! Rising, 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 rising from the ashes. Fuck yeah!
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to
1: Rising from the Ashes. I'm Danny Nakadane, and I am the homie Romy. What is going on with you, my brethren? What up, homie? just enjoying the day, uh, got the last, uh, part of the garden planted. So we are a cruising for this harvest season and Hey, it's not a biblical drought like these fucktards said. So I love it. <laughs> Excellent,
2: man. Well, today on the show, we have Corey Daniel from right. Phoenix Enigma.
0: How you doing, Corey? Good afternoon, gentlemen. I'm doing well. Thank you. Doing Excellent, well here. Man. So I too was in the garden today and, uh, tending to the chickens all day long. And I was on the, the back 40 there, uh, trying to get things situated. I put an automatic watering system for the quail and the, the, uh, chickens. So, Oh
1: yeah. Nice. Full day. They drink a lot, huh? Those little thirsty guys.
0: Little quail thirsty do, birds. Yeah. Yeah. Quail do. Quail drink a ton. And the ducks get in there and mess it all up. So yeah, I got three ducks that just make a mess of everything. <laughs> the <hooligans>. Oh God.
1: <laughs> you know, there's a something to the, the, uh, the duck symbolism and and all of like the cartoons i think there's like some like masonic duck symbolism that i'm unaware of but uh-huh. uh i want to get to the bottom of it <laughs>
0: something you know what i I, I always thought mystery. instinctively huh instinctively i mean we all know the history of um of um uh, disney right i mean yeah. what there's
1: big big mystery there i love it uh <laughs> but yeah man, i i'm
0: fucking 32nd or was he at the full 33rd i think he was full 33rd 30, 30, yeah and probably, uh probably and um you know just the when we'll look at D- D- disney now and what they're doing leading all the kids to you know hell um but i just and i haven't i haven't gone and done the research someone else can do this but i'm, I'm just going to give this away here for everyone um if you take the proportions of mickey mouse's head and then the two ears of the circles I bet there's something there. My spidey sense is telling me there's a mathematical equation <sighs> that factors into Masonic symbolism or Pythagorean uh, num- numerology Absolutely. just by the ratio of the ears to the head. And I, I've, it's just something, every time I see Mickey mouse, I'm like, oh, that was his first character. Right. And that, uh-
1: you know, there's, there's he, I mean, so Walt, Walt was all about the angles and the arches and squaring the circle. Right. Because he was, and and obviously there was Pythagorean type of like, um, mythos built right into that because of just the style that he drew and it was all perfect symmetry, and uh, you know what's funny is I was just down in Florida, uh, for a family vacation for the first time. It was fucking epic. I was like, wow, this is spiritual lands out here. I really dig this area. Uh, but so we were in this Airbnb, and my you know of course I I am the single lonely single guy that gets the the small room with the children's beds and it was just a Disney theme and I'm and the wallpaper was just these like sketches of like the original Mickey Mouse and you know it was just it was repeated over and over again because it was wallpaper and so I'm kind of like when you when you just said that I'm, I'm visualizing all of these seeing these early on sketches and I mean let alone it's three circles which I think can be like some sort of divination process of, as well. You know, you got three different circles. You got the circle, which is some Western divination type of magic, uh, uh, you know, portals, what have you. And three, uh, you know, being the strongest number in the universe, uh, you know, for that that Trismegistus, that, that goodness of the three there. And yeah, man, I, I don't know. Actually, that's a really great, great thing to look at when you're going to de occult and demystify the Disney mysteries that, you know, like maybe the face and the logos uh of it is one of the bigger mysteries that it's because it's right there. Very yeah. Atlantean. Yeah,
0: right there there in uh, full view.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Concentric rings there. Oh, yeah. I see you. I see. I you. thought
2: I thought I thought Corey was going to go Donald Duck route because we're talking about ducks. <laughs>
1: well the mouse so yeah i mean then you could bre- probably fucking start breaking down like who are all these characters and why are these animals chosen like were they like members of the scottish right and he's just playing them around with his buddies or something
0: i don't know yeah I, I, i'm sure there's people who have dove into disney far more than you know any, any of us have who knows there's probably something out there on that well people are people get a you know get an itch to dig into something and you just yeah He'd be amazed, you know, like me in Phoenix, you know, I just dug into Phoenix. I mean, who thought to dig into Phoenix? Um, it's only one or two other guys I know that before me who dug into the Phoenix area looking for numerology and Masonic uh ties to the new world order and the progression of this experiment. And Phoenix ties into that big time. Um, but there's only two before me and we have almost 5 million 5.3 million people in phoenix now and no one no one pays much to anything out there
1: <laughs> that's yeah. just baffling to think about you know like millions of people and the symbolism just going straight through their transdermal skin into the nothingness which is within kidding wow. they have lots of goodness within that's something i I, ba- I battle with is like calling people sheep or like saying that people are so stupid and void of understanding when really i think it's you know, there's we need to maybe and I'd say we, I mean like I I, I need to respect our community a, a little bit and say, you know what, it's not their fault necessarily. So Yeah,
0: I vacillate on it myself. I mean, I get it. People we're under spiritual attack, we're under economic attack, we're under stress attack and biological attack um, educational, medical health. I mean, we're attacked even on our, in our, our, leisure time watching television, we are attacked and brainwashed with just, you know, uh, propaganda and or culture conditioning, um, you know, garbage. Uh, so there's that. And, you know, in some days I have a lot of sympathy for everyone out there and, you know, in yeah. you know. other days <laughs> it's like, you know, screw them let them all burn i'm going back to the property i'm gonna gonna go plant my garden and i'm on my own you know um you know it just depends i i do i'm i'm like everyone else you know um (laughs) but i've been at this for a while um with with my work i i you know my work you've seen the site Uh, i got into the occulted aspects of phoenix and the american southwest and where occulted history meets Western expansion in Phoenix and then going back to the ancient days. And then from there it morphed into politics. And why wouldn't it? You know, um and I've been very involved with the um with the January 6th stuff, you know, I very involved with the Stop the Steel Rally. Um I took a deviation from this a couple of years back, 2019, and I spearheaded the Isaac Cappy investigation. Um you know that was um still doing that. Um and, and the occultism, and that ties into the characters that are leading this country down the path we currently find our, 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 ourselves in. Isaac was is right there on the nerve. Um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that I that I've done in the last three years, and I've you know, say preached, but I've gone out there and I've told people about COVID, you know, and I've told people about the about the vaccine, and people I know and love went got the vaccine, and okay. Uh, go get the vaccine, dude, you know, and um, didn't want to miss a concert or they had to get that job or whatever.
1: God, that's the worst excuse too.
0: Yeah, yeah. And those were the two. And I'm like, oh, and that's when I'm like, you know, you can you can have all the knowledge in the world, but, you know, people like you guys and myself and you know, presenters and researchers and YouTubers like us, we are, we're in the thick of it. I mean, we cram our heads with serious, um, you know, crucial knowledge every single day. And we're living on that edge. Most people don't. They just wake up and stumble through life, uh, you know, just either smoking weed all day or you know, getting blasted all day or, you know, watching wrestling or just <laughs> diversion, diversion, whatever the diversion is these days. You know what I mean? Dancing with the stars, you know, use your cliche, whatever it is. And their, their brains aren't trained. I mean, like I was talking to you a minute ago before we went on air, since nine, when I was nine, I planted an herb garden on the side of the house. And I want to know how, how things grew and why they worked. I was looking for ancient books at like 10 in the, <laughs> in, the in the Phoenix library. Right. I was looking for things on a witchcraft and, and stuff. because so I knew there was energy and power and knowledge. there. just most people don't do that. They just take what's given to them and they learn all the pop songs and they just, they just go through life, um, as tourists. And, and, and it's a days like that when that pops in my head. I'm like, yeah, hey, let's let them burn. I'm gonna to go to my forty and you know, and take those that are that are with that are with with me and you know. So like I said, I I I vacillate <laughs> back and forth.
1: It's a it's a well that's the ebb and flow, man. The vacillation of the sine wave of existence, the reality of understanding, man. Uh <laughs> but let's maybe let's do that. Let's start off by giving us like is you know, like, go back to that nine, or I mean, before nine, like, what was the, you know, give us some of your deep, deep, deep history before we kind of touch on some of the modern stuff that we are going to talk about today.
2: Yeah. How do you get into like looking for magic books when you're nine? <laughs> oh, like I when I'm know. nine, I'm playing with, with uh, <laughs> Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse,
0: man.
1: Yeah, he's out here (laughs) getting Masonic with it, not even knowing.
0: So I think I saw like something on witchcraft back in the day, right? It was like in the 85 or 84, somewhere in there. It was a movie. I'm like, whoa, what is that? And then there was another, you know, show or TV. I can't remember what I I watched. I remember I called up the Phoenix Library. I'm like, do you guys have any books on magic? (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, yes, we have books on magic. It's in the, you know, section, you know, you, you can teach you why are you learning how to be, I said, no, no books on magic. And I didn't know what the word witchcraft was. Right. I never heard witchcraft and that's what I was looking for, you know, or occulted <laughs> knowledge, you know? And so, so finally, I mean, and I I, I gave up for a little bit and, Just went to the library, you know, elementary school in North Phoenix and found out what I could on Mysteries and the Titanic. The elementary school. Yeah. I mean, you know, but but that's all we had, dude. It was the Dewey. How old are you? Me? Yeah.
1: 30.
0: Do you even know what the Dewey Decimal System is?
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, good. All right. So we had the Dewey (laughs) Decimal System. Maybe the card catalog. (laughs) The Huey, Dewey.
2: And Louis decimal system,
0: <laughs> and um, so you know, and then I um, well, here's here's the story I, I started mowing lawns, and my dad said, If you want a vehicle, you want a truck when you're you know 16, you got to start mowing lawns, save your money. So mowing I was mowing circles. like what's that?
2: You're mowing crop circles now and mowing, like, oh, putting no, in some sacred geometry into your
0: lawn mowing skills. No, I know crop circles weren't until art fell, man, like in the, <laughs> the ni- 1992, yeah. but um, it was um. I was mowing like four, five, six, ten lawns a week. And there was this Mr. and Mrs. Slack. That was their name up there in North Phoenix. And um, Mr. Slack worked for like uh, oil patrol. He was retired, but he did like, he was an oil man, like in Saudi Arabia or whatever. And his wife was like this English lady. And I mowed their lawn for about a year, year and a half. And then he died. And my father told me, he said, hey, you're going to go mow Mrs. Slack's lawn, but you're not going to take any money. I'm like, why? He goes, well, because she's a widow and we're going to do our part and help her out. I'm like that ain't that ain't fair, you know. I'm I'm out there working, you're not. It's like you'll understand someday. So I went and mowed a lawn, and first time she's like, like here of course, you know, I can't take it on account that you're a widow and all. And she's like, I see. You know, my dad won't let me. She's like, oh, I see. Okay. She goes, well, I'll tell you what. You come every Saturday when you mow my my, my lawn, I'll I'll make you lunch. How's that? I said, great. Well, that 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 that, that lunchtime turned into a lesson. She had an herb garden out back in a sage garden, a lavender garden, and she grew onions Oof. and, um, she was a kitchen, witch. looking back now, uh, she taught me infusions and decosions and salves and poultices. And uh, she yeah. showed me one time she had me dig this hole and she said, all right, dig, dig this hole and cover it, you know, put, put the dirt back in leveled off, but don't pack it. Now come back tomorrow. We came back the, uh, the, the, the next day and the dirt was concaved in like, whoa, what's that? She said, it was the moon. It was the new moon. It was the gravitational pull. It pulls dirt too, not just water. And then off the next full moon we did it again, it was it was con convexed out. You know, she taught me things like you um cut uh, certain plants when the water's down in the leaves due to, to the to the gravitational pull. So she taught me quite a bit about plants and herbs and of the english tr- tradition. and I looked around and said, you know, I'm in the Sonoran Desert here, and there's got to be something that the the Native Americans used. And that's when I went toward down the, you know, the Native American, you know, plant botany. And again, I didn't know there was a word for this. It's called ethnobotany, the study of the relationships between plants and people for edible, medicinal, utilitarian, spiritual purposes. Um, I had no idea what ethnobotany was. Um, So I'm just looking for plants, books on plants. And of course, you know, there was a Yule Gibbon stalking the wild asparagus and stalking the, you know, that was all for the East, you know, the East and the Northeast had a ton of books out there, but there was nothing on the Southwest until the early nineties when Michael Moore and Charles Kane yeah. out of Tucson, you know, uh, they were at the, in fact, they still teach there now. Um, and they put out, you know, the ethnobotany of, 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 of the American Southwest and then ethnobotany, of the Pima Then I found out, oh, wait, there's like, um. Um, books by college professors um, on the Native Americans. so there's the official ethnobotany of the Pima ethnobotany of the Zuma, ethnobotany of the Hopi and that's when I went and dug all those and cross-referenced you know the uh, common names with the Latin names and started learning what the plants in the area were for. So you know and when you get into botany that will always go into pharmacia. It'll always go into witchcraft. It always goes into energy. Um, the lands, you know, hands, lunar cycles. It, it just naturally goes there. And that's kind of the path. That was my early trajectory.
2: I had a little uh, thought about pharmacia earlier and Egypt being like uh, the epicenter of alchemy and uh, that type of stuff and sciences, I guess you could say, too. Uh, Pharaoh and pharma aren't too far different from each other. I wonder if there's a connection there between pharma and Pharaoh. Uh,
0: I, I don't know. I know pharma is Greek. Yeah, Greek. I know. Yeah. So but I don't The know.
2: Greeks were heavily influenced by the Egyptians. Well, oh,
0: it was the next culture, you know, yeah. if, if, you know, we are currently in that same culture, people don't understand. I told someone that yesterday, in fact, and I just blew them away. I said, there was Samaria to Egypt and Egypt to Greece and Greece to Rome and Rome to England and England to the United States. Mm-hmm. Like we <laughs> are the incarnation of all that before us. Just go, go look at Washington, go look at our go look at the uh western uh system that we currently live in. You know? Um So
1: and in our homage to I mean our, our the thing that everybody uses and and worships the dollar bill has these i mean it has greek writing it has the pyramid it has you know it has things from the roman empire it's like they all the things everything that you just mentioned is absolutely part of that so anybody that can't can't conceptualize that you know it's it's just like okay well you just you literally just need to flip over your dollar to to see where the roots come from. But why is it so hard? You know, why is it such a, such a crazy thing to think that, that our, that our, our people that run the world or people that run the government wouldn't pay homage to the ancient Egyptians and the ancient, it's like, they created everything that we know. And we are just standing on the backs of giants. Like we should respect the fact that, you know, our leaders, have that homage and, and yet we pay homage to it as well, you know, because it's so mysterious and fascinating. Like, I, I don't know, like I, it's obviously societal engineering that has, you know, made us that way because the more that we focus on ancient alchemy and those ancient uh, cultures, the more that we're going to empower ourselves. Right. Or at least that's the story you know, cause we can't become empowered Cause then we're less, we're less sheepy, um, or cattley, um, or what have you. Uh, but I don't know let, you, if we can, uh, go into the, the Phoenix stuff, let's start with the name, right? Like yeah. this, it's obviously very, very, uh, close to home for us, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but what, like, there's there's more to this name like is phoenix or is phoenix the phoenix of the country like what why why do you think the, the name got chosen there
0: oh that's a big question my friend yes um that's a huge question there and dog's um, like yep. <laughs> yeah a dog sounds sounding off there um it was well let me see here um let me get this up here uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Um, Phoenix. The word phoenix means red, right? From the, yeah. pho- the Phoenicians. Phoenicians, right? It means red, yeah. and they used to slide themselves in the red pigment when they would sail and for fighting and looking all tough and whatever, right? Um, the, the story of the phoenix is that it will rise. The bird that lives for a thousand years or five hundred. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a takeoff of the banu. Right. That the, the new bird was the first one. Then the Phoenix was the second said to have lived. And people said that they saw the Bennu back in the day. And like, according to Egypt, I'm going to read here, uh, Egyptian myth mythology, the Benu was a self-created being said to have played the role in creation of the world. Um, and then there's even a, uh, a, um was it, uh, Socrates, one of those guys like wrote about it and said that it, it was described to me as blah, 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 blah. Um, but, uh, you know, it was supposed to be this purplish color and the emblem for Phoenix is purple. Well, how we got that name was um, the founding fathers of Phoenix were uh, uh, Lord Daryl Dupa, Lord Daryl Dupa and Jack Swilling. Jack Swilling, and these guys were polar opposites with their, but they were like best friends. And these were the early, there was two um waves of frontiersmen uh settlers of the phoenix area the first was the rough and tough apache fighting um uh, first guys and that was swilling and dupa dupa was um a 33rd degree scottish right freemason in fact he's buried in the masonic uh cemetery right next to the great grandson of benjamin franklin oh wow in town, yeah <laughs> yeah um and his house uh what's left of it the old adobe house is the le- oldest Standing structure in Phoenix, over on First Street and uh, just south of Lincoln. Um, it's in the back of this neighborhood, next to a. Um, oh, it used to be a Hispanic cultural center. Um, uh, I don't know what it is now, but um, I think they're going to save it. Hopefully, they've been doing some work on it. But uh, uh, Jack Swilling, uh, he was a bipolar psychopath um, who came out here. He was a veteran from the Mexican War, and uh, I think he got busted for deserting even and he was a brawler and got his head cracked open in a fight in Missouri. Um, uh, Colonel Snively brought him out here to fight Apaches and save him from himself and the drinking. But he had, uh, he had a bullet lodged up against his spine, He'd been stabbed a couple of times. Like I said, he had his head cracked <sighs> in half. Frankenstein. So the, his doctor gave him, um, it was a, uh, opium or latium and, uh, a whiskey and said, you know, mix it together and drink as needed for pain. So he was like this total, uh, drug addict and, um, um uh, (laughs) alcoholic and these two uh found themselves i'll skip all the other history here but they found themselves up on the um on the uh pueblo grande platform mound at Forty Fourth street in washington along with about uh, there's about 20 some odd other guys there that were the uh you know the founders of phoenix at that time and they said what are we gonna name this town and we had a name um do you guys know the original name of phoenix
1: absolutely not
0: pumpkinville (laughs) what it's pumpkinville yeah
2: it's i mean it gets started with the, the thing it got changed
0: yeah right um pumpkin was brought out here to feed horses and cattle and it, you know if you've ever had garden and pumpkins you know you, you you miss one they reseed readily and you have they come up volunteer everywhere so pumpkin grew all along the salt and the the, the gila river um so it was pumpkinville because they were all over the place. That's kind of what what people took. The original Phoenix was south of South Mountain now in the Gila area, area, and it it was a horse trading um, station. That's what basically was on the Butterfield Overland Express uh, wagon that came through on the way to San Francisco, right? That's what Phoenix was before it moved north of South Mountain. So then the town of Swilling was there about two, two and a half, three miles east of a downtown phoenix and his town burned down the the swilling settlement burned down so they're up there and Swilling's like let's name it swilling they're like no swilling we're not going to name another town after you you know (laughs) (laughs) if we had time i could tell you about swilling he's a lunatic um another guy uh, stands up and says hey let's name it stonewall right because most of the people out west were veterans from the war of northern aggression otherwise known as the civil war up in the north right um, but uh they said, nah man, the war's over. So they almost named it uh Selina, which was Latin for salty because the salt river. Now the salt river is not salty, but um they called the salt river because the Native Americans used to go up the river to where the salt mines were at and they would bring salt down. So that was called the salt river. Mm. Um and Lord Dupa stands up and what where is it? Hold on, let me find the exact words here. He stands up and says, gentlemen, this canal was constructed in an age now forgotten. Prehistoric cities lie in ruins all around you. A great ancient civilization once thrived in this valley. Let the new city arise from its ashes. Let it be called Phoenix. And then he pulled out his dictionary and he looked up the spelling of it (laughs) and he's like, all right. And he wrote it down. It was Phoenix. Um, And That's how Phoenix was born. Um, The name, anyway. I have a sneaky suspicion that the area that is now Phoenix is not an accident. Um, I think there is ancient, um, ancient ruins here that predate what we believe to be the oldest uh, civilization here, the the ancient Hohokam, um, uh, Native Americans that uh, lived in this valley between about 300 BC and 1425 AD. Um, they're known for building the canal system. They had a, um, well, there's a canal system that's under the canal system that's in Phoenix now, and um, they hand dug over 1,000 miles of canals by hand. Uh, about 200 200 miles of those canals were 50 to 70 feet across. Wow! By t- 10 to 20 feet deep. Um, so that's 200 miles is Phoenix to Flagstaff. That's that's big. And those were called trunk canals because they truncated into 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 the Salt River. There's so about another 800 miles of canals that stretch all the way up to, um, well, that stretch off of that. And those are called feeder canals and uh, feeder ditches. And uh, about 800 miles of those. And they were about 10 10 to 20 feet across, 5 to 10 feet deep, respectively. And they irrigated about 100,000 acres of land. Now, Phoenix. We don't have soil in Phoenix. We have dirt. Compacted, hard, cement-like dirt. Um, We get about 10 inches of rain a year. And under that dirt is caliche, right? It's a clay, for those who don't know, from one of the last oceans that was here. And it's about four to six, seven feet deep in certain parts of the valley. And you need a jackhammer to get through it. Um, Or you spend all day digging, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, It's not easy to dig here, but when Jack Swilling was coming from Wickenburg, uh, town to the west, back to Phoenix one day, he was in the White Mountains coming down and he was looking down into the valley as the sun was setting. And he noticed that there were these uh, lines coming off the river and lines like intersected kind of like veins. And he went down to the valley and he started kind of poking around and digging in these veins. And he realized that there was backfill. It wasn't original soil. It was backfilled. Soil It was a lot looser, didn't have huge stones in it. And he discovered the canal system. Um, He started up the Swilling Ditch Company and he started digging out the old canals and running water off of the salt river and to people's farms it, and that was a big part of how phoenix grew wow um yeah uh, Swilling was hyper industrious he was the first postmaster uh until he shot someone for not voting for him uh he was he might have been the mayor at one point
1: classic swilling
0: oh god um in yeah. postal. <laughs> yeah he he beat, he beat a guy who um, besmirched a woman's character in the street. He was in he was in Wickenburg. I, I, I gotta tell you the story. He was in Wickenburg and he'd been fighting with these other cowboys. There's three of them and they showed up he was at the people's Saloon that was a it was a name of a that was a surname the, the peoples There's People's Valley and people's canyon and people's you know half the area around Wickenburg's named after the peoples. And um, he was in the people's saloon. He was like the only one in there drinking because he was a, you know, an alcoholic. And the three guys were out front. They said, Jack Swilling, you better get out of here. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. He's like, go away, boys. I've been drinking. And by this time, like, the sheriff showed up and like everyone was like surrounded. And he says, we're going to come in and get you. And all of a sudden, Swilling just burst out of the door with his 12-gauge and just dropped the big guy off his horse, grabbed his six shooters and shot the other two and uh, dead. He went over the big guy. He took his knife out, and he was shit faced, and he cut the ear off the big guy, and he held it up and said, "Some bitch didn't eat it anyway. She never listened to a thing I said." And um, <laughs> he got tackled. And they put him in jail, but he was in jail off and on for shit like that, um, you know. And they would sober him up. And uh, a big thing that they did when he would fall off the wagon because he was known to uh, to abuse his wives. Uh, he's married twice and uh, he got, he get heavy handed with him. Oof. And when he did, uh, the, his wives would go to his friends and say, Hey, um, uh, can you take him out to the desert and sober him up? So what they would do is they would go out to the outskirts north to like, you know, um, um, Bull um, uh, Black Canyon and New River and the, what's the, now the, the Bradshaw mountain area. Cause that's where all the Apache fight took place into Wickenburg. And they would find their old comrades that died during the Apache wars that they buried under trees and stuff. And they would exhume the bodies, put them in a bag, bring them back and give them a proper Christian burial. They did that like seven times to sober Jack up. They would take him out there. It would be like a two week deal. And he'd come back sober. He'd be great. You know, he started like mines. He had like all all these, all these mines. He had a mill over over for, they were milling all the grain. He had farms. He was the postmaster. Were they
1: doing like any sort of like meditative practices or anything out there? Or were they just like camping and just shooting with the boys,
0: just camping and not drinking you know, uh, back to war, wartime buddies, you know, and that's part of the reason why he got put in jail eventually. And uh, he died in prison, actually, in the Yuma prison um, under false um, allegations. But um, yeah, he did that uh, several times and um, to, to, to sober him up. But um, that so that's the early, early roots of Phoenix right there. Um, Right about when Jack, uh, Jack went to go get Colonel Snivel. He was living up in Black Canyon city and he had, um, he had uh, um, been getting heavy handed with his wife. And so um, Monroe, a guy named Monroe and some kid, I forget his name. He was some kid wandering through town, uh, decided to take Jack out. And they, the plan was to go around to Wickenburg, dig up um, Snively's body. It was what's now under Lake Pleasant, and then come back to the Bradshaw Mountains looking for mineral in the Bradshaws and drop back down into uh, Black Canyon City, which is on the east side of the, of, the, of the Bradshaw Mountains. And um, they did, they did the whole thing and came back and brought Snively and gave him proper Christian burial. And about a day and a half later, the uh, po- po- posse, you know, sheriffs were behind they said, they said, who came out of these mountains? They said, well, that was a swilling party. the was a swilling expedition to get Snively. And uh, they said, well, there's been a murder and uh, robbery. And basically they accused Snively, I'm sorry, um, uh, Monroe and that kid, I forget his name, and uh, Jack of holding up stagecoach running out of wickenburg um due to the heat and the apaches the um the the stage coaches would leave wickenburg at nighttime just as the sun was going down and they would top this hill and drop down over uh, because you can get further on a horse at night you know because it's not hot out and the apaches wouldn't attack at night either on the roads and um there was a hold up but as the as the um the stagecoach is going up the hill and the sun setting in the west are going due west the sun is in their eyes and they're going uphill it's the perfect ambush point if you're going to rob them yeah that's where like the so the stagecoach had been robbed several times prior and it got robbed there again and they followed um anyway they followed him back and they threw him in jail Uh, it was a big big brouhaha uh jack went up to uh prescott and the Prescott guy's like jack swilling rob somebody are you guys insane yeah he's a he's a he's a lunatic but he ain't a thief you know he sure as hell ain't gonna you know shoot anyone inno, innocent um and uh so he they, they they let him off but there was this group of um politicians and bankers and gentlemen who'd moved into phoenix and they wanted to take phoenix in a different direction now this was the masonic group here that had come in and my research, I'm still tracking down all the names, but you get back, it's hard to find who people were back in the old west. There's yeah. just not a lot of data. Um, and you just have to speculate on quite a bit of it um, through what happened afterwards. And they basically hired someone to go out there and they hired a, um, um, a surveyor to say that the robbery took place like in the next county over, it was 50 feet over. And so he got tried in the Yuma county and uh because he because he said uh, you know i'm not guilty yeah i'll go i'll i'll, I'll stand trial again so M- M- monroe and swelling went to yuma and they were in jail monroe got out a few weeks later because they didn't want him they wanted swelling it was a, just a you know it was just a a a witch hunt and he's you know he, he figured he'd be out of there in just a month you know or a couple of weeks turn into two months turn to three months he's losing weight um some people think he was poisoned by his doctor who brought him uh, uh opium um and he started getting thinner and thinner and thinner and he wrote this letter and there's an uh if you go online you can find it it's an open letter uh to the public people of phoenix from 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 jack swilling and it's it's sad man it's uh it's like this you know he says i'm afraid i'm gonna die in here there's obviously a conspiracy out to get me you know i'm paraphrasing here what'll happen to my poor wife and children uh you know uh, on and on but i've been done wrong i didn't do what they're accusing me of you know he said i've killed a number of people but they weren't white men only mexicans and indians you know it was a different time right um and uh they didn't let him out and there was pressure to keep him in there and jack swilling died he died he um he was this huge man a huge hulk of a man and um he died at like 95 pounds or 80 pounds or something like oh. he wasted away in there wow and he was buried in a uh in a in a empty just a a a, a blind grave and um they don't i I don't think they ever exhumed the body it's still over there under the somewhere over there i think they put a head somewhere where they think he was uh buried but what's interesting is uh about a month and a half two months later i think my memory serves me me right there was some kids that were i say kids in their early 20s late teens uh, arrested over in i think uh kansas city or dodge city somewhere over there and they had a whole bunch of money they shouldn't have had. So when they interrogated them, they found out that they confessed to robbing that stagecoach. Mm. And they followed the Swilling party down out of the mountains and they, home and they shot down to Phoenix and to Tucson. And from Tucson, they started heading to the Midwest, and that's where they got busted. So Jack Swilling, the founding father of Phoenix, died in a Yuma prison for a uh, crime he didn't commit. You know, that'd be a great movie too and um uh, and that's a movie no one's ever 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 made but
1: let me let me ask you this because you know so the founding fathers, swillings and Sneevly, and these like i'm glad kind of glad that these names died out in you know antiquity because <laughs> <laughs> i have a hard enough time just having my name i'm actually looking to change my name sometime soon i kind of want to go a whole new route and legally change things uh anyways complete side tangent but uh so but he wasn't part of the, the the masons you they came in later and kind of just were like assessing the city and decided to so ma- i
0: think dupa might have been a dupa was a 33rd 32nd 30 33rd i i, I hear both um and he's buried in the masonic section of the you know of, of the, the phoenix cemetery but dupa was um, he was the 12th son of a, a baron or a lord over in Wales, he was Welsh. And his dad basically said, Hey, you know, you're like the youngest son, and there's nothing for you here, you know, you got to go out in the world and make your way. Um, you need to go to Australia, and he was Australia to our sheep holdings, and uh, we have a sheep ranch over there and um, a gold ranch, uh, or uh, sorry, a gold mine, go over there and run that for a while. So he did and then but he was all about ad- adventure so he jumped on a um a boat and he went from australia up to well it it, it capsized it it was 10, 10 miles off the coast of chile um i think that when the <laughs> boat went over and he swam 10 miles back to shore and he almost died of pneumonia um and he had nothing and uh he got better and he grabbed a steamer, went up to San Francisco. and from San Francisco he made his way to Prescott, Arizona. and that's where he met. Um, I've been to Prescott, yeah named after, I think William Prescott, who never set foot there, who was a mason as well. <laughs> um, and uh, I, think I think it's William William yeah, William w- 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 yeah, it's William. And um anyway, but he spoke like he spoke five languages. Uh, he carried the classics around in their original languages. He'd get drunk and quote Shakespeare by the hour, drinking whiskey in the bars. He was highly educated. Um, and they called him a lord, Dar- he wasn't a lord, but they called him a lord Dupa because he told everyone he was a lord. And if you have an English accent in the old west and you can quote Shakespeare by the hour, well, <laughs> call yourself a lord, people are going to believe you're a lord. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah a, for a very colorful character. Um, I think Dupa may have had his sights on Phoenix now. Something didn't come together for me about, I mean, I've, I've been following Phoenix, the architecture here, the pyramid that's in the street um, you know, and uh, the other um, um, symbolism in the street system that we have in downtown Phoenix. And it was expanded upon, but what I didn't understand was its connection to DC and what it means. Mm. Um Until the um, the John McCain de occulting that I did, John McCain uh, made his life here in Phoenix, Arizona. We all know John McCain, right? Um, Is he
1: from Phoenix? I I was unaware of that.
0: uh, I think he was from here. I think he think he just moved here, Um, but I don't think he was from here. Uh, But he was the uh, his grand his father his grandfather his great grandfather. Two of them were admirals. You don't become an admiral in the Navy, unless you're a 33rd degree Scottish, right? Freemason. Um, uh, They were also a plantation owner down south. So he came from slave owners uh, back in the old day. Um, But anyway, um, McCain said himself, I, um, I had the luxury, I had the luxury of, um, um, or the opportunity, the luxury a luxury to uh, uh, plan my own funeral. I know I'm going to die like in a month or two here. And uh I get to plan my own funeral. That remember, there was a big deal that he he didn't want Trump to come to his 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 funeral. He specifically said Trump is not in, invited. do You He's, recall that? Going to
1: try to fuck yeah. his wife afterwards or something? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Cindy McCain. She's not a battle You know, she's not a bad looker for her age. Trump's <laughs> uh, <laughs> coming for you, baby. <laughs> but uh um there there was strife there because McCain isn't a Republican. everyone said oh he's a rhino he's a globalist rhinos are globalists they're not you know that's what they are Rhino, um rhino Republican and name only oh okay <laughs> Mitch McConnell he's a rhino um yeah. Doug Ducey of Arizona he's a rhino so they're these rhinos that's come up and they talk all tough about the re- 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 Republican Party but then when it comes time to making the decisions that are going to have a lasting effect they side with the democrats every time and they always fold and they let the democrats move that position but the democrats are used to move it to a globalist agenda so it's not are not getting political here um i mean personally i'm right of the spectrum but i'm not a republican the republicans are just a, a controlled opposition party um people need to get out of that left-right paradigm and realize it's about freedom and tyranny that's the only two parties, freedom and tyranny. Anything that gives you freedom, um, vote for it. Anything that takes it away, it's tyrannical, period. It's that simple. Um, So anyway, um, McCain dies on the 25th, I think it was, 24th, 25th of June. I write all this stuff down as I'm researching because there's no way any human being could remember all this. Um, It just can't, you know? Um,
1: Yeah, that's what I, I love. I love those time capsules of journals, you know, you go back and just able just to flip back in those memories, you know, like there, there are some, some special cases where some people are able just to spout off, spout off, but I love it. Uh, I love the time capsule of the handwriting, man. It's a uh, very important, very, very, very important. John mm-hmm. McCain, though, man, he, I, I bet, uh, I bet his funeral was, was loaded up with some people, even though Trump wasn't there.
0: It was five days. It was longer than, than, than uh, Reagan's funeral. Wow. Yeah, Reagan had like this three-day funeral, right? Where everyone in the whole country came from. But um, so he died on August 25th. Um, he dies on a day of Saturn. It was a, a Saturday. Uh, 26, 27, 28th was the period of rest. Um, 29th, uh, he, they flew his body. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 29th, he laid in state under the Arizona Capitol okay so he died on the 25th 26 27 28 for three days or 72 hours his body sat who else died and laid in rest for three days before he was uh, again? Uh, mm-hmm. was that jesus i think he was 33 years old when he died yeah jesus right so um nailed it right nice, so nice. he he lies in rest for 33 days what, what else? the son the actual son on december 21st it, mm-hmm. it 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 hits the lowest right on the winter solstice, and for three days the human eye cannot see it moving back up. So for three days the sun appears to not move in the southern sky as it rises every single day on the on the azimuth, right? So then it starts rising up 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 again, and then on the twenty fifth the sun begins rising. What's the twenty fifth? Oh, right, it's Christmas. Right, Jesus birthday. Um, so. If you study astrotheology, and I don't want to offend Christians here, but when you study astrotheology, long astrotheology long enough, you realize that Christianity, Christianity is a modern-day solar worshiping religion that was just repackaged and redeployed and remarketed for this new thousand-year period. Mm. Um, that's where we're at right now. And it follows all the same symbolism and rituals that were used back in ancient Egypt, like we talked about when we first started here. Um, so John McCain dies for three days. His body rests on the 29th. He lays in state in the Arizona Capitol under the rotunda. We have the copper dome, right? We, we, we actually have a dome on the Capitol, right? The next day is taken to the North Phoenix Baptist church. That was his, his church. And then on the 31st, he's flown to the U S Capitol where he lays in state for 24 hours under the dome at the U S Capitol.
1: I got to touch up on this. So, uh, Super fascinating that you brought up that his body needed to be under the rotunda under the, under the, under the dome, because that, that definitely corresponds with this other crazy story that I, I heard about Henry Flagler is this guy who, who founded the town of St. Augustine, Florida, and, uh, which was like one of the first cities in the, in the country, which blew my mind. Uh, and he... And, you know after he passed away he he needed to be brought into his building he had this he built this beautiful hotel with a rotunda classic like neoclassical or not neoclassical but like neo uh neo gothic or what have you you know neo neo old beautiful architecture and to be put under his rotunda and so a spirit could like move around and that just seems to be i don't know if that happens to just correlate with these masons like if that's the reason why they put these rotundas in these buildings so then later their spirits can whirl around in them but i you know i have I know that it correlates with uh there's a book the native indigenous belief about spirits moving in circles as well
0: it's harmonics there's a book written and i forget the name of it or even the author at this point and i, I keep meaning to read it but i know it's out there and i've heard him speak on its shows um when he when they broke down the um the frequencies that are generated when speaking in the Capitol under the dome, um it 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 lends to clarity of thought. It 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 actually yeah. makes you it makes your mind sharper. There's actual measurable acoustics in there. Um yeah, that's not just a building that happened to be built. It it's built on with 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 sacred frequency, frequency and principles in there. That's why it is. But but uh, let me let me let me finish my thought here on Mac- McCain. There, there's two things um, with this ritual that he designed himself. Okay, so three days of rest, one day 24 hours under the Arizona uh, dome, um, another day at the at the at the at the, uh, at the church, and then flies over to uh, to the U.S. Capitol where he's under there for 24 more hours. When he when they laid his body under the U.S. Capitol, he was simultaneously the 13th senator to ever lie in state there while being the 33rd person to ever lie in state. Only 33 people have ever let, lied in state under the U.S. Capitol. And at, so far, McCain's the last one. However, being the last one, he was also the 13th senator to lie in state there. Within the Freemasons, there are two paths you can go on. York your right, which has 13 degrees or the scottish right which has 33 degrees i think that's an accident that mm-hmm. john mccain laid in state simultaneously the 13th and the 33rd person now going back to the phoenix we talked about phoenix a minute ago um the naming of phoenix what does the phoenix do the phoenix lives for a thousand years it bursts into flames it burns to ashes right and then a baby is born from those ashes and it it was it, it once once it burns to ashes it's for 72 hours right it rests Mm -hmm. for 72 hours and then the baby comes out of the ashes and then it flies east to heliopolis Mm. where it finds the pyre and it turns into a bird again john mccain designed a funeral where he was the phoenix (sighs) he died three days later he rose and his body literally fucking flew to washington dc to the east to the heliopolis
1: basically the fucking usa capital there you go with a golden dome so
0: shit so if you if you go on google earth and you take a line and you um you know do your um uh, you know how you can do the little measurement thing at, at the top click on that click on the center of the u.s capital okay come straight west out of that u.s capital along i mean right down the the mall right uh you know the re- reflection west pool yeah. and um all the way down through through the Lincoln Memorial and keep going across the entire country there's only one building with a dome you're gonna hit it Uh-oh. goes right into the Phoenix State Capitol the Phoenix State the, the the Arizona State Capitol in Phoenix is directly lined up due West coming out of due West I mean all the way across the entire country phoenix is linked with dc what a metaphysically trip. what a trip! Yeah. yeah and if you go to my um I, I i got the photos on there if you go to my um uh my website the phoenixenigma.com it's totally free um go on there check it out all my all my work guys is transparent and free there's no paywall or nothing maybe i should be here but um <laughs> it's, it's it's all free and um it's just what i've been doing just putting it all together and doing you know i don't get paid for for, for none of this and uh uh, all the photos are there. I lay out the entire ritual. Um, there's also the ritual with, um, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, sorry. it seems
2: like there should be another city where this all triangulates at, is there a third city? seems like DC to Washington or DC to Phoenix would be one part of the triangle. And then if you add a third point, then it would create another Frisco giant triangle over the country
0: i looked and i couldn't find it i'm not saying it doesn't exist but i just couldn't find it mm-hmm. um maybe someone else can find it but people will email know like someone and say, hey oh cory you missed this i'm like oh boom i did you know because different eyes see different things mm-hmm. um we all have different knowledge sets uh so if anyone finds it by all means shoot me an email and i'll 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 i'll, I'll the uh the article here you know it's a it takes a village right So yeah
2: that de- definitely does um, um you said you said phoenician is red and then i heard you say also purple the new
1: oh, the the bird was purple
2: because yeah. uh, i've heard other people say that the phoenician color was purple also and not red i always thought it was red uh, i thought it was
0: red too
2: So, but it's actually purple
0: the banu was um a purple bird and the the, the insignia for the city of phoenix um is purple it's Mm. it's a it's a purple phoenix which is going going to the egyptian benu right Mm -hmm. not just the not just the phoenix so um it it goes back even older than the phoenix
2: yeah because i think sometimes red and purple are the same uh with like wine because they like to drink a lot of wine and and like the deep purple and the red were somewhat similar in color
1: yeah, I mean, they, they definitely, they, they have, the, you know, the root of purple is yeah. red, and then you add blue, uh, different shades of blue, you get that alchemical play. So, yeah, maybe there's sure. something with the, the adding of the spirit to that, or, you know, I don't know, it's, it's beautiful. But the thing is, I, I think things transmute into each other. So it's like, the finite details... i mean are obviously important but i think you know things can cross correlate you don't have to be like red you know only one shade of red it's like uh, well you know there's there's different shades and different variants the colors it's okay Mm -hmm. um but i also want to mention that you know i i i look into these old architecture too because it blows my mind i love it i i think there's something connected with old architecture and just the the old alchemical ways of being you know our ancestors were were tapped into some some deep deep uh understanding of physics and the the earth and uh, electro battery um but i i got st- when i was on my way to florida not too long ago i i got stranded in denver because our flight got delayed for 24 hours and i was like okay i'm in the mile high city i've never been here before and, you know, I'm walking around and go see this huge, you know, Capitol building with a fucking golden dome. And you go stand on there. You get to the mile high uh, step, about like 15 steps up or something. It's probably more of a significant number. I probably should have counted. But look at me being a lazy piece of shit. Anyways, you get there and you look straight down and you see, what do you see? You see a, an obelisk right and then below that is a huge other building that's very similar to the neoclassical style that the, the capitol building is and it's like all of these Capitol buildings they all look i mean i'm talking exactly the same they look exactly the same they're built built exactly the same they have the the, the gold domes and everything and um they obviously hold very significant value to the people that know what is going on and that pull the strings and enough so that John McCain would (laughs) say that his body needs to be in the rotunda specifically, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it just blows my mind. And but what is the purpose of these the, the buildings do you think to these masons? Like what, what what have you found that that correlates these? Is it just a homage to the ancient Greeks or what, what do you think?
0: Uh, I've thought a lot about that over the years. Um, it's back in the day,, um, if you were to take over a land, we would sail our ships and our warriors. On those ships over, and we'd get off and we would take our swords out and cut people up till they lost enough blood and died. And we would, you know, take the women and uh uh build a castle on that land. We build a castle, mm-hmm. an actual physical castle where we would fortify it and then we would exert our power from that defensive position. And we would exert the power uh from there and we would begin taxing and taking the resources. It's all about r- r- resources. We live in a three-dimensional physical world here. Um, and our, our will and our intent in um, the spirit drives us, but everyone needs resources. We have to eat, we have to breathe, we have to sleep. Um, you know, we're very fragile creatures, thin-skinned mammals with opposable thumbs. So it's always about the control of the resources, and building towards a better system or a different system um, that will maximize those resources. And like, like what they're like, like what I believe Bill Gates believes he's doing today. And we talk about Bill Gates later, if you want, we have time. Uh, he just bought a huge chunk of land on the west side of Phoenix named Belmont. And he's going to build this futuristic Oof. city over there. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why Why in Phoenix? Why outside Wait. of Phoenix? Um, Belmont. So, but Oof. so we did that for years and years and years. But now we bring corporations over. The corporation is is the entity. And we exert will and force and power through banking and through, um, as we become more civilized, we utilize this paradigm, uh, this structure, and, um, but you still need buildings, you still need buildings, masons were originally masons, right, and when they were building those castles back in the old days, you know, you couldn't build very high, because you couldn't, you didn't have the, the stability, so they had the keystone, right, and the keystone was the key to building an arch, that would support itself and you could take weight. So you build a bunch of arches, you can build a second level on top of that and the third level. Um, they had, uh, you know, they had the geometry and the mathematics to build and to fortify. And probably more than we even know now with the frequencies, um, you know, in the in the uh, the the chambers and they would uh, built along the lines of the solstice and the equinox and they would measure like the library does down in downtown Phoenix. Now that's a solar library um, It on the on the solar um um um, on this on the summer solstice there's no shadow uh at a solar noon they shine on the pillars they have no uh no um, shadow at all but then on the side walls on the winter solstice or the equinox i can't remember it comes all the way down the light comes all the way down both sides of the wall the way it was designed so you see sun worship right Mm -hmm. built into the architecture and um there's something very powerful about architecture architecture like when you walk into Mm -hmm. a into a catholic um you know cathedral there's 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 a power there there's a resonance there it's a place for uh people's mind and intent to stay when they pray or go into meditation that's what that's what prayer is It's, it's a meditation right it's a guided meditation um everyone praying towards one thought form um, um you know i i i a you know student of the occult i think it's hilarious when christians talk about witches and covens yet they all sit there and pray together in church
2: <laughs> and do rituals and eat the body of christ and drink his blood yeah it's yeah funny.
0: yeah and they and they <laughs> and they burn the insects right yeah. and uh and the uh you know and uh, you know wizards wear hats and uh, the pope wears a hat and the wizards yeah. wear robes and the pope wears a robe and the wizard has a staff and the pope has a staff you know and and he burns his incense and it's like how i i, I don't get it you know you, you <laughs> condemn witchcraft and here you are um yeah so i think there's a lot going on there with with the building and the construction um and i think it it, it, it is a way to power i think it's a way it's a vehicle to power I do.
2: Uh, just to stay on the bird thing before we jump off into another subject here. Uh, you you mentioned that the only way to be an admiral in the Navy is to be the 33rd degree. And uh, made me instantly think of Admiral Bird, who's also a bird, right? He's flying. Uh, is, is there any significance there to something Masonic with Admiral Bird? Uh, maybe possibly being a Mason uh, and then maybe how much value or how much crust can we put into all all of the things that he said about inner earth and um, Antarctica and whatnot.
0: I mean, I only know what I've seen in documentaries on bird. He's a, he's a fascinating character. Um, I know he did go down there and we know he talked about land beyond. He did. I've, I've watched the interview out of his own mouth. He talked about land beyond the ice wall. Mm-hmm. And that when people go down there and uh, he said, when you, when young men go down there and explore, they're going to find a lifetime worth of exploration going. That's where I'd go if I was young right now. And um, there's more land to be seen down there. He knew something. Uh, as far as him being a, a Mason, I don't know. I've not looked into that. I've not looked mm-hmm. into it. So I can't tell you one way or another on that.
2: Yeah. Interesting though. Um, uh, if you, because uh, of the bird you, part too, it, it connects into the idea of, you know, reaching the 33rd. Uh, degree and then becoming spirit becoming a bird it's connected with the benu birds it's connected with, with all the birds taking the soul to the soul hole and everything like that so yeah it, it's just an interesting idea because you know a lot of people you can you always hear people say like you can never believe a mason or whatever they say so just because he said it doesn't make it true
0: yeah you can believe masons on certain things. Um they're not <laughs> I'm they're just not I'm all, not that's not me personally. I'm just saying people Sure, yeah, yeah. They're not all duplicitous evil liars. I mean there's masonry is many things to many people at many different times in their lives at many different levels of masonry. Mm-hmm. Um it's not the same thing. It is a yeah, masonry is and this is, is a chapter on this in my book that I'm writing. Um mm-hmm. Masonry is a system that gleans men from the world and makes them better, Mm. gives them structure, gives them um, uh, camaraderie and gives them knowledge. That's the the point of it. And the way Masonry is designed uh, to become a Mason, you gotta do one of, you gotta do three things. You have to be male, right? You have to knock on their door. You have to ask them. They won't ever come recruit you. You have to ask them. And then you have to believe in a higher power, whatever that power is. Just you have to believe there's something beyond this world. Mm -hmm. That's the oath that you take and then you can become a mason. From there when you're in masonry you determine your level of involvement and as um you know if you have someone one out of 10 who's a 5 on the intellectual you know level or the the ability level um just you know you know there's men who do things like trump right and there's men that don't like the guy at circle k is just a cashier not you know I know we need those guys but you know he's not trump right there's different l- levels in life and, and, and people doing different things. If you're at a five there and you're interested, they're going to put you in a spot they can where they can use you and and, and you're trusted, right? They're, you're going to have a home there, but if you're capable and intelligent and smart and good looking and, 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 and have money, you're going to be put up higher in the organization. So and you're saying
2: I can get really high in the Masonic. You level. can get high
0: in the Masonic. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And, um, however, if while you're going through these, um, and I, I, I have verified this as you're going through the, um, the degrees, uh, you don't know necessarily what the right answer is when you answer these questions. And if let's say you're going from the 16th to 17th degree and they ask you a question and you answer wrong, they'll say, thank you. And you come out hmm. and they'll say, congratulations. You're now a 17th degree Mason, but they put you on, what's called the dark path.
1: Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So,
0: and in and and if you answered right, you'd been on the real seventeenth degree, but instead you're on the dark path. And from there, it's empty knowledge. It's just
1: esoteric, esoteric kind of differences there.
0: Yeah, yeah. and and only people on the real path within Masons are going to get those jobs and be trusted to do things like, I don't know, like build, um, you know, new companies and infrastructure to control certain aspects of the economy and resources and new areas, um, they'll get those deals and the other people, they'll just be be members, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be given smaller stuff. So they don't ever exclude you, but you you're not really on the right path. So they do lie to each other as 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 as, as well. Um, but if you want to go higher in the masonic um you know if, if, if you want to climb that ladder you can um you you get into it what you you get out of it what you what you put into it and that was told to me by the way um by a 33rd degree mason uh when i was on tour one day wow degree mason.
1: you know it's yeah. funny about that it's like we do that in every kind of social clique too you know like I you know it's for like, for like a, a high school sports team for example you know you got the the guys that are really good and you know they're they're hanging out after practice and after games and they're doing like you know they're stalking these certain chicks and they might do some like some really weird shit that only that little small group of friends knows that go. they're doing you know like and that it just it's very human. And I think that's what the crazy thing about masonry is that it's literally very naturally a very human thing to do is to create this little club or not a little club, but, you know, to create some sort of something to make it more sacred because, you know, we're very spiritual creatures. And I think it's really important. I mean, I, I plan on at least joining a lodge at some point just to obviously see what's going on because I, you know, I've, I've heard, enough now to know that not every mason is a pos and you know um, they got great books and so that's what i'm interested in so i'm <laughs> I'm down to you know book share man with some people and i don't know i might join the Rosie cross as well i might f- fuck it like i'm trying to join all of the secret societies that i can and uh just to, just to see there's no reason why not like you know, You're they'll just, probably put me on the dark hand path anyway, because I'm a fucking loser, but you know, I love it, baby.
2: You just want to be naked in front of a bunch of people. I know you.
1: I'm trying to get <laughs> I know I I want them to I want them to make some sculptures, you know. <laughs> put me on a trophy, please, baby. Please <laughs> uh, let's talk about pyramids though, because you have a few oh, good uh sure, sure uh articles on your website and that are different you have the physical actual pyramids there's like a pyramid cathedral and then there's but I want to start with the the street layouts and like the esoteric occult layouts of the the streets
0: yo okay so Phoenix is laid out on a north south east west grid kind of like Lancaster just boom north south east west (laughs) everything's like a big checkerboard right the original city was laid out in a rectangle in an oblong, um, and I'm de occulting quite a bit of that right now if you go to the the older maps of the original uh, Phoenix plot but we'll take the Phoenix as a, as a whole here okay only one road came in at a 45 degree angle and that was Grand Avenue it is Grand Avenue and it stops at Van Buren Street um so just just so your listeners know if you're listening right now pause it go to the phoenixenigma.com and I got an article called Chase Field pyramid chase field pyramid freemasons and the all-seeing eye go there and you can um click on it and um uh, scroll down to get to the maps there you can read all that if you want to about the history of washington and that kind of stuff uh dc um oh shit. hold on a second are my picture's gone one second here my photos aren't in here oh oh so my photos are gone i'm gonna have to reload i don't know what happened. Oh, I don't know what happened here. I'm going to have to redo it. So um, I'll get those up. But um, the way we laid out Phoenix or the founding fathers did is going north south, you have um, Central Avenue. i sorry, Central. And everything um, going west is First Avenue, Second Avenue, Third Avenue, Fourth Avenue. So they go up as you go further west. Going east from Central, you got um, First Street, Second Street, Third Street, Fourth Street. So the avenues go west, and the streets go east. Then you got Washington, which is the pretty much the um, uh, the east-west line. And what they did is they, they put the presidents, Washington and then Jefferson to the south, then Adams to the north, and then is it Monroe to the south. And they kind of skipped. But they left one, um, they left uh, one guy out, Adams, we had two Adams, they left the second Adams out, because he was anti-Masonic. Huh. So the only people were Masons. They left out the anti-Masonic president who started the anti-Masonic party. So anyway, that's how it's laid out. Okay, Um, so Grand Avenue comes in at a 45 degree angle from from Wickenburg, and it stops at Van Buren Street. And that right there forms the uh, right side of the pyramid right as you're looking at it and then van buren forms the top of the foot people don't know pyramids were flat at the top they didn't go to a pointy point they were flat at the top and Mm -hmm. then they had another pyramid inside that sometimes that came up so the point was on the inside and they would do the ritual around that point the
1: capstone
0: the capstone yeah so the, the capstone didn't didn't go flush it was it was set in from the side so you could perform your rituals up on top there okay so um you have the van uh sorry uh uh uh, uh, hold on I? head here
1: um van b it did start with a b van buren i think van van buren
0: yeah forms that and then coming down the other side is um why is that just out of my head here i just said it um um Hold on a second. It'll come to me. But so that, so that, that forms the, uh, the right side of the pyramid. Now, if, if, if you take a dotted line and come out where, where the 45 degree road starts, just keep going, dotting it all the way up to Washington and then make a 90 degree left turn coming down. So you're basically going to dot in the capstone on top there. Okay. When you get to the top of that capstone, come halfway down between Van Buren and Washington street, you get to Fourth Street in Monroe, and that is the Montezuma's Grand Masons Lodge. So what they did is they put the all-seeing eye in the center of an invisible capstone on a pyramid built into the downtown Phoenix area. And then they expanded wow. that back in the back in the early 90s when they did the downtown area there. And there's another um, there's another, there's a bigger pyramid. Um, it goes all the way up to um, uh, Grand 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 Avenue. Ave, Ave, Ave. If you take the dotted line and go past Washington up to um, the um, George Washington Carver Cultural Center and High School, and then come down and come halfway down, right, you get to another I there as as well. And I think I may have been wrong on my first assessment of that. I'm gonna have to rewrite this article because I think I I had uh, made a mistake and we make mistakes as researchers. Um, There's an all seeing eye literally built into the um, the Phoenix area, um, the downtown Phoenix area and the the um, the Civic Center, the um, um, the convention center is the all seeing eye, the road bends up and it makes an eye of raw right there in the center. So the first eye was the Grand Masons Lodge. And the top of the pyramid stopped on Washington Street. The second eye is the is the convention center and it stops on George Washington Carver. Now George Washington was the first president, right? 33rd degree Scottish, right? Freemason, right? Laid down the cornerstone of the Capitol, right? George Washington Carver. Who is he? Peanut butter, right? No, he's a peanut butter <laughs> peanut guy.
1: Butter.
0: <laughs> peanut butter. But but who else was he? Do you did you guys know that he was he, the first black yeah. Grand Mason master Mason? I didn't know he was
2: Grand Mason, no.
0: He was, yeah, he was grand. He was a grand mason. Is he part of the um, Stewart line? I don't know. I don't know. But he was the first black grand mason of a, a lodge. Huh. And it just so happens that this invisible capstone that got redone during the early '90s in Phoenix stops on on, on George Washington Carver's uh, cult, cultural center. And the first one was on George Washington. Come on, man so the masons are still playing and there's a ton of numerology laid out in the actual streets there Could a be ton like of two numerology. pillars
2: the two pillars of George? there are
0: pillars uh there's the pillars of Boaz and Jashin um all over town uh you'll find them in a lot of the buildings have them a lot of the downtown buildings have them um you can go to the um uh some i haven't written article i have a ton of info i just never got into doing it there's the uh the, the waterfalls over in um uh Phoenix just before you get into Scottsdale on the canal there and um the srp waterfall and there's a uh, when you walk in there there's these two big the whole thing's a Masonic the whole thing's Masonic from the blocks <laughs> that are unfinished to the blocks that are finished later on and the work that was done to tame the 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 the, the river, I, it's full of Masonic, um, symbolism from beginning to, I, 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 I walk, you know, when, when you're an occultist, you walk into somewhere you're like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone else is just like, oh, it's so pretty in here. It's art. And you're like, it's not art. You know, there's just a story here. Um, this is a signature. This, this is, this a power spot. This is a, um, um, uh, what do you call it? A, a sculpture. Um, you know, I, I, I also have a sneaky suspicion that there's something with the Scottsdale or the Phoenix art, public art commissions. Yeah. And the public art that gets placed out there as as well, you know. There's these two huge doors Absolutely. at uh Camelback and Scottsdale Road. And they're called the Doors of the Doors of Perception, I think they're called. Um and there's three huge doors with d- smaller doors in them and they're set up like on each other. Um and when you sit, when, you, when you, you you can go in there. The right on the, the corner, it's it's an art exhibit. You go in the corner, and there's a pyramid, a triangle. You stand on, and music comes out of the triangle. But all the insides of these doors are mirrored, so you see yourself mirrored all the way around. Oh, You're standing on a triangle, and as you look up, where the doors meet, there's another triangle, right? And there's three lights on each door on the outside. All oh, the whole thing, and it's sitting right in front of the. Barry Goldwater bank and Barry Goldwater is a 33rd degree Scottish right Mason who, you know, was one of the, you know, founding bankers and families of Arizona. One of those powerful people in Arizona ever. And that's right there on the corner of Camelback and Scottsdale road.
2: It's everywhere, man. There's gotta be significance to that.
0: Oh, there's absolutely significant.
2: I've was, i been on your site and looking at stuff. And uh, since we're talking about pyramids, uh, I thought it was very interesting because a lot of times we talk about unfolding um a cube into a cross but if you kind of unfold the pyramid it forms the templar cross sure does and that's fucking fascinating because up until recently people didn't even realize that the pyramid wasn't four-sided it was actually eight-sided yes and then uh when you unfold that it turns into a templar cross is there can you go into more detail about that or is there anything else significant
0: well, you know, the Templars cross, we saw that ritual carry out during the COVID with the comfort and mercy on both sides of the country, one in California and one in New York, right? We were, we were flanked by the Templars. They flanked this town, you know, and uh, Trump got up there and did his big thing. And, um, and, you know, he made the Q sign right there and it was Q plus, it was a plus the cross there, but that, the, 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 the red cross is the Templars cross, and the comfort and the mercy on both sides were there to offer help. It was a ritual. That was an actual ritual to 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 to, to sandwich the country between the Knights Templars again. I mean, I wear a necklace here. Let me see if we can see it here. Um, it's a circle. Yeah, Be away. A circle with a cross in it. It's like
1: Atlant- the, right. the Atlantean uh, symbol.
0: It's just a circle with a uh, with a cross in it. with an equal equal cross. Um, it's called the solar cross. Hmm. Or the Greek cross, it's uh you might see it when you see the pictures of Jesus um, in the Orthodox churches, and his head is right there, and he has a circle around his head mm-hmm. with the yeah. with the cross in it, right? That's called um, the, uh,
2: there's a there's a, like a Celtic or Norse name for that too. The, absolutely, the himmel, himmel, himmel? Um,
0: right? I I, f- I forget what it is, but but yeah, it is one of the oldest symbols in the world, and the swastika is also a version of that. There's a great book. Um, Can you guys hold? I'll yeah. back in yeah. 15 seconds. Grab let all me, the books. Me, I just want to grab one. Hold on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For that that solar cross is it's a huge symbol. I mean, we definitely came across it when talking to Marco Vegato in our Atlantis month. You know, um, and it signifies like kind of the four rivers leading from uh from atlantis or you know or from the north pole also oh, i think is another yeah. place where they saw that symbol a lot too the so right. um, one.
0: i got this book i heard someone talking about it the other day and i'm like i need to own this i haven't read the whole thing i've come i've just uh, skipped around it but it's it's a reproduction and from the original book that was written in you guys are going to like this you're, and i know you're going to go on Amazon and buy this <laughs> written in, uh, you'd be like, I need this book for my Already reference. there. <laughs> uh, when was this thing written? Here, 1902. Hold on, I think it was like 1902 or 18 something. When? What the hell was it? It was old. It's old. It's like from the turn of the century here. Um, it's called the Swastika, the earliest known symbol and its migrations. Mm-hmm. And it's written by Thomas Wilson. Thomas Wilson, and you go through, and it talks about it, it. It shows. I mean, this was compiled, I think, in the in the mid to late 1800s. This book. There's footnotes on everything he went through. Um, there's re, there's reproductions of pottery. I mean, for instance, if if you go to the um, um, the museum, um, the Heard Museum over on Thomas and Central, and you go through the Kachinas and the pottery section you're going to see an ancient hohokam pottery with a swastika on it
1: yeah yeah i've seen something like that from native indigenous american Mm -hmm. symbolism like it was and then also ancient vedic too if i'm not mistaken yeah
0: Yeah. it's there was a world culture i believe at one point uh robert robert uh talks quite a bit about this yes. on his uh, channel um, and he's, he is spot on here, but even the Microsoft symbol, which, you know, they got the four, this is the four uh, squares together. No, uh, let me see. Sorry. I got my, mm-hmm. my thing up here. The four squares, uh, right there. Uh, the four squares in between those squares form across. Oh yeah, um, that's true. You know, uh, one of the oldest, I think the only known symbol, Older than this cross right here is going to be a circle with just a dot in it. That may be the the actual oldest, but the uh, but the solar cross or versions of the swashka after that, um, you know, are are, are right up up, up up there. So, like I said, it's it's an ancient symbol, mm-hmm. and you see it all over the place. Um, how do we get on that with the cross? Um,
1: I I mean, we where were we we were cruising. There, Oh, we were yeah, we were pyramid talking about pyramids Sonic. and pyramids unfolding a pyramid. Yes, yes, yes unfolding yes. a pyramid. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah.
0: So, um, it, it it makes sense that when you unfold a pyramid, you get a Templar's cross. It
1: right? is from the top too. Like I I thought about it and I like folded it out in my head from the base. Uh huh. Like, I don't know. That kind of reminds me. But you have to fold it out from the tip and then then you get that shape uh (laughs) took me a couple times of drawing into my head uh but yeah (laughs) what what are some of the more more significant uh actual structures of pyramids because i know there is a lot that and you have like an article i think that describes 25 of them around phoenix that's just a lot of pyramid like even if it's just infrastructure art you know like it's a lot for a town.
0: So, yeah. So the, the first territorial governor and state governor, uh, George Hunt, um, they called the, the, the walrus was his nickname because the guy looked like a walrus. Cuckoo,
2: ca-choo.
0: Uh, <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> uh, wall, uh, well, the walrus, uh, Hunt, uh, he was a 33rd degree Scottish Rite Mason who oversaw the coronation of all Masonic lodges in the state during his time here as governor. And, um, he was another one that got to like prepare his own, his own, uh, uh, funeral. And he had built for himself a pyramid and he's buried in it. And his wife's buried in it. And I think his, uh, siblings and his daughter, I think are buried in it as well there Wow. or his wife's siblings. And they're buried at the, um, at the Papago park. You can go see it. Um, if you're in Phoenix today, between sunup and sundown, you can drive over to, uh, the hole in the rock at Papago park. That's right next to the phoenix zoo uh in fact they share the same entrance just go to the phoenix uh, zoo and make a left about halfway down the, the driveway and drive back on this little winding road um they're you gonna know, drive back palm trees and some little um some little uh, uh, ponds here and there and people jogging and fishing uh just kind of go towards the back of the park and look for the big white pyramid up on top of the hill there and park and you can walk up there and it's a people it's a place where a lot of people just kind of take a break when they're running or bicycling and um it's on this little um uh, mound of dirt and it's overlooking the city of phoenix it overlooks the uh the in fact, you can look down and see the giraffes and the elephants from right there too huh. kind of cool and if you look up what you see a trip the 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 the, the, the mountain goats up on the, the mountain and the hole in the rock is off to the uh the north from there so now
1: what's the hole in the rock
0: the hole in the rock is a ancient Hohokam archaeoastronomical astronomical device. It's um, when you're driving down um, uh, Galvin Parkway there, you see this hole in a rock and a lot of people get up there and they'll just kind of hang out there at sunrise and su- sunset. You hike up the back and you come through this hole in the rock, right? And it's, it's kind of a cool little cool place. And however, that's not the hole. The hole is if you go back, like you're gonna go out of the, out, off the, 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 the ledge and look straight up. And there's a hole at the top. It's, it's, it's vertical. It's, 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 you know, so that the sun can, can, can shine through it. And what it was, was on the solstice, right? If you give an ancient culture, a stick and a string Uh and 200 years, they're going to figure out that the sun moves back and forth. They're going to figure out the year, right? They're going to figure out shadows and the length of the sun um, or the length of the, of the shadow right uh, so that's that's super easy easy stuff equinox a little bit harder right um but what they did is they when the sun came through on a certain date they carved into the conglomerate rock at the bottom there on the summer solstice and then on the on the winter solstice so they tracked the sun back and forth um from kind of like an indiana jones right where he puts the staff of up there and the sun goes you know and then the light beams through and it right well <laughs> kind of like that minus the staff the sun just comes through the, the 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 hole and the beam of light you know at different times of the year shines onto the floor and when it starts to move back they marked it well the the ancient astronomers of the hohokam that was called the hole in the rock and that was a that was an ancient archaeoastronomical astronomical site and they um they were probably watching venus there as well and the um the Wandering stars or the planets, right? Uh, sorry, flat earthers, and uh, yeah, that's dead. <laughs> Careful, it's a new audience here. I don't know, I don't know the I'm with it, I'm with it, <laughs> the vibe it. here yet. But uh, so he, but 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 Hunt wanted to be buried like that's a very powerful spot, right? Um, for thousands of years, people sat there and worship the stars and uh the holy and the, the the wise men are there but in his writings hunt said I want to be buried on a hill overlooking the splendid city or the, sorry the splendid Valley well if you go into Masonic if you go into Masonic literature you'll realize the splendid Valley was the valley to the uh west of the great pyramid and it was where one of the older pyramids that they believed even in Times of antiquity. Likewise, oh, uh, um uh, I found it the other day and I got god I think I hope I got it because I am behind on my research. But um um what's his name? The uh the Lost Dutchman. Um uh, Wallace. Uh no, 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 Wallace, Wallace, Waltz, Jacob Waltz. He also said he wanted something about the splendid valley, and he was a Mason too, no doubt. So we have a, a you know really old, a lot of Masonic stuff. anyway, he's buried in this pyramid there in the pyramid. I ran the data out on it. Um, the numbers are significant with, uh, with Masonry, as well as the plot of land that it's on. If you look at it with Google and look down, you'll see like, like there's three steps, one, two, three. Well, there's three levels of Masonry when you're standing on it. There's actually three layer. La- there's three levels to it. You got the, um, the uh the the square that the pyramid is built on then there's the second level and the third so there's there's three levels vertical there's three levels horizontally right but if you measure across this this um platform that the that the pyramid is built on it measures like 32 feet across which is exactly Uh 32 feet across is what the top of the pyramid of sheops is or the great pyramid 32 feet across on the flat top so so the first oh, founding, the first governor of arizona had himself built uh, buried in a pyramid that it's not a pyramid it's a capstone he recreated the capstone on top of the pyramid that the romans took stole right now if you go back and you measure the angle of that it's at 47 degrees 47 degrees is the degrees on the compass on the masonic hmm. compass the compass and square 47 and 90.
1: Jeez, right? so this forty-seven guy, ninety. This is, um, and 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 what was his significance to Phoenix again? I'm sorry, he was the
0: first. No, that's right, he was the first territorial governor. Oh wow! Uh, he and as well as state governor, and he was like it was like the longest governor for for how many damn uh tours he had? And he had a whole bunch of them, you know. Um, but do you guys know why the compass and the square are ninety and forty-seven? I
1: don't know why. I someone has, I, someone has told me, and I've heard, but I I cannot recall.
0: So it's, uh, yeah, the other is 137. Um, when you look at a plant and, um, and as a when you look, like if you like um, look at a a, a a branch coming off, like a small plant, you can bend the branch, actually look straight down it, or yeah. a flower petal that comes out, they'll come out at 137 degrees, one flower, 137 degrees, another flower, 137. So by the time they keep coming out, those petals will maximize their exposure to the sun and the leaves come out at the same 137 degrees.
1: Interesting. I did not know that. I wonder yeah. what that cosmic significance is. It plays into what, like, it gets into the Fibonacci sequence and I, Fib- all Fib- that, Yeah, yeah. But that I didn't. I guess those numbers don't like recall in my head when I when I think about the Fibonacci sequence. But that's fascinating. I mean, it makes sense because you know when you think about a squaring the circle, you're talking about you know rotating it drawing an angle rotating it drawing an angle and that perfect they describe right there 137 the perfect rotation you know and it's yeah. all yeah it's beautiful that's it.
2: mm-hmm.
1: man yeah. What's so what's another uh what's another pyramid You i know there's more let's keep going on the pyramids it's fascinating
0: um well there's another pyramid over at tovery castle i haven't gotten to that because it's blocked off um there's the um let me get to here let me get to the um let me get to my pyramid article you have here to hop
1: the fences my man
0: i know <laughs> i've actually weighed the um the um the consequences and wonder if i'd have the money to bail myself out i'm gonna do that
1: we got you we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll always we'll you know if you ever if it ever happens have somebody reach out to us We'll hit up our <laughs> our everybody. We're we'll like, hey, everybody! Corey was <laughs> nice. going out for the squad. He was trying to get that that juice on the streets. Let's bail his ass out, and we'll get you out overnight, guarantee. Okay, wait, wait, uh, that's a little bit hard of a guarantee.
0: How big is your audience, by by the way? Huge, this huge. Is, this, is, this this is a a, a, a new audience. <laughs> this is a new audience. Wait, is
1: it huge like Donald Trump? Huge. It's huge, huge, huge biggest audience. Um, no, we're, we we've we do we've been uh yeah, it's we've it's it's been, been doing totally pretty
0: great. well lately. It's been it's going great. great. Yeah, yeah. Nice. pretty stuff. I got to get my audience back. I had six two sixty two thousand followers on YouTube before they killed yeah. my channel.
2: Or well, not there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I sixty two thousand. YouTube is, lot. yeah,
1: I can just when I went on with something uh, else,
0: man. I was on with Sean Atwood last year on the Isaac Cappy stuff, and it was the biggest show he ever did. He had uh 4,000 people in the waiting room waiting, and we had 12,000 people watching live. Wow, so huge, huge! So, but, uh, bit, I don't want to di- dice uh, digress too much
1: away from the pyramids, but we can oh, yeah, yeah, into that Let's go ahead. So, um, I also we'll, wanted to ask about Cappy because I just <laughs> you know i know it's not the topic of the show but i want to know more because i honestly don't know much about it at all like zero honestly oh you should go
2: listen to the higher side chats episode then if you don't know anything about it
1: really yes
2: yeah yeah I was yes on with like, him.
0: it's like a whole two-hour show just on that dude <laughs> i've talked about isaac cappy on air um for the last two years i i, I led the research. Um, I. Um I'm the one that did the investigation on that. Um my fiance um is what is the last person to spend time with Isaac before he died. We met during the investigation, we fell in love. Um, you know, and uh, decided we needed to be together. Um, but uh, you know, there's a, we have a lot of inside info on that, but he died up in, you know, he he exposed um um, he came out on um, uh, July 22nd at uh, 1.33 in the afternoon at the San Diego Comic-Con, and he called out, he called out, um, who was it he called out? He called out Seth Green, right? Claire and Spielberg for being pedos. <laughs> uh, he called out Tom Hanks later, right? And it just, it, he went on Lift the Veil with Nathan Stoltman after that. Uh, he was on with Alex Jones. He went on with Alex Jones. Alex Jones ripped him apart. He was really pissed off at Alex Jones. Um, and, uh, but that's why he believed that Alex Jones was, uh, working for the Mossad. Um, he got into, people were following him. Uh, he, he had himself fifty one fifty because he was afraid they were going to kill him one night. Everyone thinks that he went crazy, you know, and that his friends called, no, he called himself, he had nowhere to go to where he'd be safe. So he fifty one fifty himself. So for 72, two hours, he took himself off the streets so he could make arrangements. He went to Australia, came back, he wrote the, um, infamous song, um, 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 brackets and jackets. Have you heard the brackets and jackets song? No, Epstein edition. Oh, dude, you gotta go after this show. Go listen to brackets and jackets, Epstein edition. Find it and listen to it. That whole entire. uh, He he was He was a musician. Okay, he was a singer. He was an actor. He played in uh, Thor. He was in Beer Fest. He was in uh, Terminator Three. He was in. um, He was a B actor in Hollywood. That's where he met. Um, you know um, these Hollywood folks, and, uh, he, and he, basically he um, he said that one night when he was over at uh, Seth and Claire's, they said, "Hey, uh, we got to talk about chicken." He said, "What?" He said, "Yeah, we're gonna talk about chicken. We want to let you in on on something." And um, they took him upstairs and they showed him a room that had like a crib and like baby stuff in it and they weren't expecting and they didn't have any kids. They didn't have any nieces or nephews. And then he said that uh they went kind of down off the living room and Seth opened up this like literally a bookshelf like and it opened it up there's like the secret room and he went in there and there were like these cots and chains and shit. And he said, this is where we keep the kids. And um he just looked at him, you know, it's like, what are you talking about? And you know he basically asked him, Do you want in on this? And um he stopped hanging out with them for a while and then he thought about it and thought about it. And then he he had to come out. He said, I had to come out and do it. He said, he said, you got to come, 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 come clean guys. I love you. You know, you're, you're on a wrong path. You're just something that's completely wrong and disgusting. I'm calling you out for it. He thought the FBI was going to jump on it. He thought the cops were going to jump on it. They didn't. It it was full cover, cover, cover mode. Um, you know, Paris Jackson. Um, yeah, you know, um, accused him at that point like a, a few weeks later a month later of choking her at a party they, they were they were they were they were they were playing they were not even like roughhousing but he just kind of put his hands on her throat you know jokingly and like went like that you know like you do to your to your friend like like ah uh. and um she made it sound like that he killed her or was trying to kill her and freaked out and uh they basically blacklisted him Um he went on more and more shows he is periscopes he went further on the periscopes and called out more people for pedophilia. He was putting together um, a uh, underground social media uh, phenomenon called Unseal Epstein. He wanted the, he wanted the Epstein records un, unsealed. And he was going downhill when he got back from Australia. He went downhill bad. And um, um, Alicia, um, my fiance, I went to see him on the Wednesday before he died. And um, later on that saturday he went to she went to go see him and uh because friday is that infamous last video he did it was like almost an hour long where he talked about you know like i did something wrong um you know i betrayed trump um on and on and on this like it was just a horrible video to watch but i think there oh, everyone thinks there was somebody in that room making him make that video at that time and i believe that that that, that there was i believe he was um, being forced to make that video at that time uh, but she went to see him the next day and he kept saying, I'm not suicidal, I'm not suicidal. Everyone thinks, you know, I'm I'm suicidal, I'm not suicidal, but they're gonna kill me. They're gonna kill me. And she said, Well, you can come to my place, you know. Come on, let's let's go, let's get get out of here. No one knows where I live. You can just hang out, we can paint, you can, you know, just chill, we'll go to the beach. And um, he's like, No, I don't want to tonight. Uh, maybe tomorrow. She's okay, I'll call you in the morning. I'll drive back down. She lived over in um uh your 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 Belinda and he was in Apple Valley at the time. And um and anyway, she went home, she called him in the morning, he didn't answer. Around noon, she called him again. Anyway, he called her about back about three and said, um, No, I'm, I, I can't come I'm going to go see my mom. She's like, Oh, okay, for Mother's Day. And um, he took off at 745 from Apple Valley. And he made three stops along the way. And um, his tire blew out in Belmont, Arizona. I think it was sabotaged. And uh, his last time his phone was accessed on um, um, anyone saw him on the telegram chat, he had hundreds of people in the in the family and Bergesa. that the chat room was at 132 or 137 in the morning. And then at 722 in the morning, on May thirteenth, he threw himself off a bridge according to TMZ. Um, if you if you are on the internet right there, you have access on a, on, on a open up the Isaac Cappy mind map. There's two years worth of information. Of PDFs, of interviews, of videos, of audio, of 911 calls, all of it, so stories, um, uh, interviews I did with four of the six witnesses on the scene, um, uh, all of it, tracking it down. And um, everyone can go there and they can check it out and see. But uh, what got me interested at the uh, well, as you know, I'm, I'm a professional certified guide. So I used to drive from Phoenix to the Grand Canyon. Everyone said, Corey, how did how did you get involved in this? I'm like, well, it's it was an accident. Like, I, I, it was like not something that I planned to do. Um, I was going to the Grand Canyon on a tour. I had that that morning. I had a nine o'clock pickup in Flagstaff, but they contract with us in Phoenix, so I drove to Flagstaff from Phoenix. I picked up um, right there on I-40 at a hotel at nine o'clock. So by nine twenty-six, I was cruising through Belmont. There was nothing. Like it was a normal day. There was no accident. There were no emergency vehicles. Nothing was blocked off, right? So I go to Williams, up to the Grand Canyon, out the Navajo Indian Res- Reservation and back down the backside of um, Flagstaff and down to Phoenix. No big deal. That was May 13th, 2019. It's a normal day f- for me. Um, the next day, my phone blows up, just absolutely blows up. And it's like, Corey, Isaac Cappy died. Isaac Cappy died in your own backyard. You got to go investigate it because at the time, I was researching the Vegas shooting, right? I was very involved with, with the Vegas shooting, de-occulting de- 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 it from the uh from the ritualistic standpoint of it. And um and I was into de-occulting some other things as well. I had done the um the 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 the, the uh de-occulting de- of the Golden Globes 2019 as well. That's when my channel went from like 2,500 view uh subscribers to like thirty two thousand subscribers in less than five days right um so it really took off and then they had found this other video i did you may have seen it where i was in the superstition mountains there's like a 25 minute video of me the paranormal files hired me for the day to take them out to the superstitions and tell them stories about the southwest and the, the stuff so those things kind of all it was a trifecta at the at the same time And I get my phone blows up and people are saying, Corey, you you got it. I'm like, who the hell is Isaac Cappy? Like, it's that guy with the hair, the guy with the hair in California going on about the pedos. And at that (laughs) time, I wasn't really super heavy into the pedo thing, you know? And uh, so I'm like, all right, um, I'll look into it. And I made a phone call and someone else contacted me and said, hey, you got to talk to this girl here. She works at the station. Um, And basically I started investigating it. And the next day on the 15th, I think the, uh, I released a video or no, on the 14th. No, the 15th, I released a video. I believe it was. And it said, um, I basically said, Hey, there's something weird here guys. The TMC article, art, art, article, says that, um, that uh, it's uh, um, that the, the place was opened up by 1030, but I was there nine 26 and there was like nothing going on. I don't know what's going on here, but reading the TMZ article to this, I can tell you there's something really, really off. So, after I made that video and tagged Isaac Cappy in it, I was approached by the family. That was Isaac's friends um, who were. Isaac was compiling information from the field and getting it to DC via his white house contact. And I verified, I I met his white house contact and spoke with him. He was moving information on pedophilia in Hollywood to the white house, as well as some D.C. people because, you know, Hollywood is the entertainment wing of the CIA, right? Yeah, knows that Um, all all the all the intelligence agencies for that matter. So that's how I got involved in it. And um, uh, I was just on tour that day and happened to be going through there. And I made a video at just adding my little bit like, guys, there's nothing weird. But, you know, um, I started making phone calls. Um, I went and I got the official reports. I tracked down the witnesses. I spoke to them. I got nine one calls. I just started putting it together. I worked with Isaac's mother and father. Um, I worked with Isaac's a few of Isaac's close friends and the family, am and the people he was moving in 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 inf- information with. And then a lot of it, you know, there's a very dark side of the internet, extremely dark side, and it gives me anxieties to talk about it anymore. But there are people, second and third tier operators and disinformation agents, and chaos agents that will gang stalk you. And destroy your channel, destroy your life. Call your boss. Um, just completely come after you and try to destroy every when you're when you're onto something that they don't want you on. And um, I believe it's orchestrated. I believe it is from the top down. Um, some of them are just hoodlums out there, but a lot of them are conscripted by intelligence agencies. And they might even not know that they're working for intelligence agencies. They're just pumping disinformation and chaos into. Um, into the truther community, and it's full of it. Truther community is full of garbage, just, just absolute garbage. Um, rabbit holes to get people to go down and um, waste time and waste resources, and to keep you from the real child. Tra- I mean, I know where the real child trafficking is happening, right? it's not, you know, I don't mention other names here, but there's certain YouTubers that go on about underground dumbs where 500 or 5,000 kids were rescued yesterday when this underground satanic pedophile, adrenochrome, blah, blah, blah. All the buzzwords are in there and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Trump's secret military entourage of uh, Navy SEALs and Rangers busted through and s- saved 5000 kids who were whisked away in underground tunnel systems. And, you know, on and on and on and on and on. It's all bullshit. It's all just disinformation, to make the, the truth of community look, look, look like like a bunch of damn retards and con- conspiracy nut jobs, where the real human trafficking is going on in Tucson right now. It's going on in your organized religions right now. It's going on above ground in your neighborhoods right now, that's where it's truly happening. It's going on in your child protective services and your foster care programs. Um, it's, it's not some dark satanic, you know, underground sexy murder mystery story. It's going on institutionally Any,
1: anywhere where there's a lot of uh high tourist rate going on. Like I, I lived in Hawaii for a long time and there's human trafficking going on on the islands, you know, and, you wouldn't really think that that would be a place where there would be a lot of human trafficking, because it's like, okay, well, what are you, you're just gonna load these people on a boat like they're with their families and stuff. But I mean, it, it happens. You got the Yakuza cartel, yeah. and then all the other. Let's go the other way.
0: Right yeah. now, you have one thousand kids coming in a day from Mexico. Into the United States on a company. They go into a federal holding facility south of Tucson. They're put on buses without parents or adults, shipped off to Phoenix to the hotels, taxpayer dollars for three days. They're processed and they're flown all over the country. No one knows where they go. Orphan <laughs> trains. Orphan trains.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's let's tie back into the good stuff here. Uh, that was amazing. Thank you for giving us a breakdown yeah. on that. I think it's really important. It's also really funny that, um, you know, Elon Fusk, fucking shit Ted Tusky fucking Ceylon greeny ass son of a bitch. Uh, anyways, you know, after he bought Twitter, what he did go do, he made like this big post. He hasn't
2: actually bought Twitter yet, by the way.
1: Anyways, after that it's whole sh- after that whole scandal, right, he goes on Twitter and he's like, what about, what about Epstein? Like, that just happened. and got squashed after COVID started. Why don't we bring that back up? And you're like, I was like, "Dude, really? Like yeah. this guy just... Well, I de Epstein too. Bring it on. Do you have any good? Mus- I I did a full de
0: on Epstein. I don't. Um, I got some Vegas stuff though. Just I found out yesterday. Guess who Trump just in, in, endorsed for the governor of of of, of uh, Nevada? Joseph Lombardo. Joseph Lombardo was the sheriff during the Vegas shooting. See, Vegas is one of those weird jurisdictions. Okay, you, you know what the yeah. sheriff does, right? The sheriff yeah. is the highest law enforcement officer in the jurisdiction wherein he resides, right? So you have a city with a police department. Your county is the sheriff, right? Your department of public safety is your highway patrol, right? Under the purview of the state. And then your national guard is under the governorship, right? That's the that's your executive enforcement branches of, of every of every state. Whenever a city forms in a county, they form their own police department, and then the sheriff works the periphery of these of these uh, cities. The, the police handle everything in the city, except for a few jurisdictions across the country. Vegas is one of those where the county and the city share the same law enforcement agency. And Joseph Lombardo was an undersheriff during the Bundy Ranch standoff. He's a Republican, but he was sympathetic to. The feds. See, the feds can't just come in willy nilly in your area and say, oh, we want to block that off. You know, like like the movies, like we're 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 with the feds. The sheriff can come in and say, fuck you. We're detaining you and we're shipping you out. You are not going to be in the county. The feds have the authority. I'm sorry. The sheriff has the authority to kick the feds out of their jurisdiction, out of their 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 county when push comes to shove, which means that every time one of these false flag operations goes on, or, or a cover up goes go, go, goes on. And the head of counter Intel comes in, like Aaron Rouse, Aaron Rouse was the head of the FBI counter Intel, he was the guy that came in on day two of the Vegas after the Vegas shooting, and was the guy who was a suit back there standing to Lombardo's left, like just beaming freaking laser beams through his eyes to make sure he didn't go off script. Um, you know, anyway, anyway, Joseph Lombardo played ball with the feds and they covered up that shooting. Um, and um, and now he's being rewarded. He's being rewarded with an endorsement by Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump covered up what happened in Vegas. I know for a fact Donald Trump knows what happened in Vegas because I have the recordings that we got to General Flynn. Um, people I was vetted by one of General Flynn's um, guys when I was discussing matters with. um, Lynn Wood and moving recordings, audio recordings of the after, the aftermath up there. That's what I've been working on the last couple of years here. So, yeah, um, you know, I know there's a lot of Trump humpers out there, people who love Trump and think Trump's the savior. He's going to save us from the evil Biden. Uh, you know, again, get out of the left, right paradigm. I'm going to use this boy pulpit here. Get out of the left, right paradigm. There's not, left guys, they're both controlled opposition there's tyranny and there's freedom and we're being set up for a tube shot in this country right now. Um, you know, uh, I know for a fact, Trump knows what happened in Vegas and um, he should have came out and told America what happened, but he didn't. And he's still sitting on it. And that, 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 that personally just pisses me off. But uh, so that happened. There's some news that just broke yesterday in my world.
1: Nice. What about uh paranormal experiences in uh in Phoenix? I you know they got the thing called like the Phoenix Lights, which I never uh, dug too deep into. But have you had any paranormal experiences or seen?
0: I saw the Phoenix Lights. Oh,
1: yeah! Tell I was tell- there
0: for it, man. Shit, I seen it. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah um, my buddy uh, uh, said, yeah. "Dude, go outside and look. Go outside and look." And- well, I went outside and I climbed on my roof and I looked and um, I saw the uh, the delta shaped lights going just, they're they just to the south of my house because I lived in like central north north Phoenix and they were just going over Squaw Peak, like just boom, right over it. And that's what I saw. And I'm like, oh shit. And I went inside and and i got the cell phone right you know because we didn't have cell phones we had the the portable phones right and i called my friend he saw on the house I just went over there and um he came over and we I was sat on there and about two hours later i think it was luke air force base off to the west starts dropping these uh these lights you know the flares i'm like why are they dropping flares over there because everyone if you live on a military base you know what flares look like you know when, when they when they're doing training So the next day there's like on TV, oh, there was a UFO flap last night. People thought they saw a a, a UFO, but it was just Luke Air Force Base, um, you know, dropping flares for practice. And about 63,000 people called the news and said, you guys are full of it. It wasn't, it went right over Phoenix. So when they found out what happened, it actually came out of the Nevada area across the Grand Canyon, uh, sorry, through St. George, Utah, across the Grand Canyon over Williams, south over the Bradshaw Mountains, kind of at this angle and then boom went straight south um into uh, over phoenix into mexico and um so it was more than just phoenix that saw him. like people saw it uh chino valley saw it um you know people saw them all the way down and they said oh there were ultralights with the light ultralights can't make that mileage you can't fly an ultralight from st. george utah to phoenix you know in like an hour so yeah i saw it and um it was something unexplainable. Uh, I just...
1: Has did anybody like claim to have any like experiences during that, or like besides just viewing it? Like, do uh, uh, like anybody have like a yeah?
0: You know, there's the woo woo world. You know, mm-hmm. there's the you know, there's the. I don't get too much into the woo woo world. I'm a professional guide, and I've done over 1,600 tours in Sedona, and I can tell you there's some really retarded shit that goes on up there. <laughs> um Every. <laughs> I just don't get into the woo-woo world. I'm an occultist. Like I understand that the occult and magic is physics. I get it. I get that there's a spiritual side to people who can tap into that, and there's a machine. You know, your brain is a is a, is a three to four dimensional interface computer. You know, from the from the from from a non-tangible world to the tangible world, and there's a gift of life. Mm-hmm. So there's all that I get it, but I don't get into the woo-woo too much. Um, I just have no patience for it. It's all subjective. It's all feeling my girl does um alicia you know uh she's uh but, but she there's people who feel there's people who don't feel there's people who think i'm a thinker i'm i'm on that side of it so i i, I guess i'm just not equipped with that with that the The. the hardware for that um you got to have you know? balance man
1: that's the hermetics of goodness of so the polarity
0: exactly know? exactly there, yeah. there's got to be a balance and that's why her and i we, we 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 compliment i'll tell you what there's a cool book um i saw and I didn't get; it. I should have got it. It would talked about the trajectory of the angle of the Phoenix Lights when they came in, in relation to the stars on that night, and the astronomy—not the astrology, but the astronomy—and mm. um, it was pretty hardcore. The guy did his guy did his work. I think I think it was an astrologer, stress astro, um, astro, uh, astro, uh, astro, astronomist, and uh, put that book together. And there's something there. He's onto something. He he was on to something. I know that Governor Slimington came out and made a made a made a joke about it. Yeah, just as an alien. uh, Marched some alien on stage and everyone got pissed off. He actually apologized for it. But what no one talks about is two days later, it was the next night or the second to next night afterwards, there was another sighting of a deltoid, delta-shaped lights up in the Pinnacle Peak area. That was very significant as, uh, as, as well. It doesn't mm. get talked about. It's like the second rush, uh, the, the, the second crash at Roswell doesn't get talked about, you know?
1: Oh uh, yeah, that let's, um, I mean, can we talk about that? That sounds fucking amazing. Also, Dan, yeah, what are you going mean, to say, buddy?
0: What you got Dan?
2: Oh, uh, go ahead. Cause I was going to kind of start rapping. Rapping. i are just getting started. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I figured it was only for two hours. We only got five minutes left, so
0: well you can just have me on again sometime
2: yeah uh because i was gonna say we're we're, i was i wanted to get into the oho story and uh the grand canyon and Montezuma and modern atomic gold and then route 66 yeah uh but we'll skip all that and uh i know this is kind of near and dear to roman's heart so uh, you have a thing on there about sacred physics and ancient technology of the royal crown oh yeah and, uh, and uh Roman, why don't you tell them like kind of what you've been doing and uh, whatnot? I uh,
1: got some some work I'm working on. Uh, some work I'm working on. Real real big words there. Uh, I got some research I'm working on, compiling uh, some evidence t- on a thought piece that I have, and it it um it involves ant- antiquatech Uh, that um from you know the turn of the like fourth century well basically from the time of egypt all all of human existence right that that our ancestors were tapped into the collective cloud of consciousness and they understood consciousness um on the level of electrical frequencies and resonance and that's why i think you know all this architecture of our past has resonance um built into it and everything is is uh, astutely attuned to the perfect vibrational frequencies that be and looking into, uh, you know, the Renaissance period when they started really, really working with heavy alchemy and we have a lot of alchemical text um that they were using the jewelry of the gold and make and using these alchemical processes to make the royal crowns and to make the scepters and to make the cruciker globus the globus cruciger, as this holy trifecta of magical workings and you needed all three of them to kind of like accelerate your consciousness and tap it into I call it antiquated transhumanism because it's you know it's the same thing of like electrically connecting your consciousness to the the cloud or the computer but it's happening in antiquated days and I think there was obviously a big shift when the quantum computing world came to be and that's kind of like the new form of alchemy in my opinion you know um after the around like the 16th through the 18th century in the indoctrination period of like completely you know taking alchemy out of the equation and putting in all of these new forms of what we see as modern science and modern religion uh but that the that the crowns and the scepters and these very specific tools and jewelry were used to extend the consciousness and and that's why they were used with like conductive materials and like dipped in a mercurial solution you know and done with seances and having the the there's a lot of symbolism that goes through it and the thing is is they were all using them every single culture across the globe at one point you know like whether you were a, a hawaiian a mexican an african you know russian swedish they all had a set of the crucer globus the scepter and the crown so those those things i'm like there was something going on with with that and and like the the world powers at that be you know real energy yeah
0: yeah, yeah yes. i i mean I, I really do believe that we had a global um, a, 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 a global world, a global co- 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 community based on pyramids and another uh, set of understanding phys- yeah. those physics at one point. Um, and we no longer have that. It's, it's, it's gone. It's, I mean, it's obvious. We have pyramids in, 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 in Egypt. You have ziggurats in the Middle East. You have the, the platform mounds and the pyramids down in Mesoamerica. And then you got the platform mounds here in North America, right? There were 50-some-odd, 50 52, 53 platform mounds in Phoenix, but you don't see any more till you get to Cahokia. Now, Cahokia is a whole other thing. My, my goodness, mm-hmm. C- Cahokia up there. Um, massive platform mounds and all the platform mounds that go all the way up into the up to New England. So we had we had pyramid culture and the understanding of that. Um, I'm not too familiar with everything that, that you just said, but I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated in that. You can talk off air about that or give me a little... Uh, rabbit trail to go down. I would, I would, I'd, I'd, I would, I'd, I'd love to to dive into that. Um, you know, I know that the um, the scepter still used by the Congress. You know, they yeah, got, the uh-huh. mace, right? <laughs> I did a deaculting on that mace, but oh, um, wow. yeah, uh, certain stones. There was a book called uh, oh, I forget the name of it now. It was about um, uh, it was about alchemy. it was about monoatomic gold and it was about uh, Moses in the Bible and going back to the, to the Torah. And it talked about how Moses was probably up there making a version of monoatomic gold up on the mountain and came back down and they were eating that. It might've been the mana and it was bridging the synapses in the brain, allowing them to do things. There's stories that the native Americans have. There was some monatomic gold that was supposed to be down somewhere in south of phoenix before you get to mexico in that desert down by ajo or something there was a pile of you know i envision like dune you know you got this like these uh the red spice out there yeah, you know yeah but they yeah. had this just sitting out there this monoatomic gold that naturally went i did a whole study on monoatomic gold um if you want to get to it now or we can save it for the next show no let's um, get into but- it
1: man i i have a buddy who <laughs> fucking started this company called ormus and he was like this is monoatomic gold extracted from the ocean and i was like all right, let me get a bottle, and that shit got me feeling some type of way. He's like, you will have a, a transcendental experience, and I haven't looked much into it since I like I tried that one little bottle. But I would please, like, let's definitely do that. It sounds amazing.
0: Okay, so um, we have a mountain here uh, range I talk about north, uh, where Jack Swilling came out of, called the the Bradshaws, know, after the Bradshaw family. Uh, Phoenix is on the south side of the Bradshaws. Wickenburg on the West and Prescott on the North. It's right in the center of the state. It has the highest concentration of gold in North America, but it's all in little teeny tiny micro specs. It's all over. There's I think 63 ghost towns up in that mountain uh, range. Holy and, shit. Um, yeah. Every time they would like hit gold, it would like burn out within like, like it'd just have a, t- a town and like a month later it'd burn out. So there's little tiny bits of it everywhere. That being said, that's not the treasure in that mountain. There's a place called Castle Hot Springs on the south side of that mountain. You might have heard of it. Uh, You can run up uh, north of Lake Pleasant on the 74, which is the Carefree Highway. And you can go up there and Castle Hot Springs is tucked away in there. Um, It Castle Hot Springs is where the first territorial governor's house was when we were a territory tucked in those mountains way up in there. I don't know why they put it up in there, but it sure as hell was. And there was like this little mansion thing up there. It was the courthouse. And they used to hang people on the um, oh, on the on, on the front porch there. And it was like the, it was the whole thing. That was the territorial capital of Arizona for a oh, while. Wow. But why? There are hot springs there. OK, the Apaches would go there and there were stories and the Yavapai would go there and they would heal in these springs. OK, it comes out like 120 something degrees or something oh, like wow. that. It's of hot. So there's these three pools now. It comes down to one to two to three. Um, when you go through the history and I have an article about it on, on my website here, when you check out this, uh, castle hot springs, you see that it was opened up. Um, people were coming out here in the old West, like to bathe in the hot springs, to get cured of stuff. It was curing people, all kinds of things. And, you know, the, the Apaches, even when they were warring with other tribes, like the elderly were permitted to go there. And if you were wounded, you could go there and heal in these springs and come out JFK soaked there. Uh, the Carnegies went there, right? Um, uh, there's a number of different, uh, extremely wealthy people throughout the years. It was a, uh, it was a um, like a a, a a winter retreat for the wealthy, but um, very influential, extremely rich. I think the the Rockefellers used to hang out there, right? What could be the healing properties? Well, the water that comes out of these springs comes from 7,200 and some odd feet deep. I believe it's 7200 7400 it's the deepest known artesian spring hot water we have like in the country i believe it's the country wow um it's what the hopi referred to as deep rock water so after the radiation supposed to fall only deep rock water uh you can you can 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 drink that being said i have a theory that that micro gold in that mountain range in the Bradshaws filtered through and with the heat and the compression down there at 7,000 feet, the water grabs and pushes it back up and you have a type of a monoatomic healing springs coming out of there, coming out of that deal. I tracked down a gentleman who wrote a book about um, Leon, Ponce de Leon was um he had heard you know he was uh, for the the um the fountain of uh, fountain of youth right down there in 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 florida well where did he learn about that he learned about that from the muslim moors that he used to sail with and then he told the queen about it and the queen said oh, go go find it and she financed this deal to go find the fountain you know because she wanted to be you, you what you know same thing that millionaires and built bil- 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 billionaires do now they fund anti-aging life extension te- technologies well the queen of Spain did the same thing with Palms de Tellon and he came over here and um he found uh he talked to the natives and he found a spring he found a spring in Florida that the uh nutritious salts would uh, come off of the mainland, and they would carry the gold with them, and they would go down into the bedrock, and the nutritious salts from the ocean would lap over there, and they would go underground like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet to where the artesian, or where, where they would get hot, and they would come back up with a spring into this one area. And in that area right there, the, uh, the Native Americans believed that that, uh, that those springs were healing due to the, for whatever reason. And they found out later that there was gold. Um, he had uh, done a bunch of research and assays and water samples done, and they, he, there was monomic gold in that. So I think there's something to that. I really think there's something to that.
2: Yeah. Um, go ahead, Roman.
1: Uh it's just, I, I think monatomic gold is a fascinating fascinating concept because it's like it's so small and it's so easily absorbed into your system that like you're just inhaling all of this gold and you, you don't even know but you know you're being like electrically charged from from the earth and yeah if you guys can get your hands on it you know a, a product or, or whatever uh deep ocean mind or what have you definitely do it because uh <clears throat> my 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 pineal gland was straight piezo charged man like a waffle iron it's been plugged in for a couple hours and your hot griddle uh is just ready to get smushed with (laughs) i don't know the sweet doughy goodness
0: but yeah you you have to wonder how come gold is the default currency how come you know the the ancients i don't care whether you're in egypt or mesoamerica or ancient rome gold was worshiped. It was the blood, the sweat, and the tears of the gods. You can't eat it. You can't smoke it. You can't drink it. You can't fuck it. What do you do with it? It's just, you. what do you do with it? You know what I mean? Aside from when computers came out, you know, we can start making, you know, uh, wires out of it and uh, you know connections and everything and using it as a conductor. What did you do with it back in the old days what was the value of it? Zachariah Sitchin had had his theories, but I tend to believe that putting it into the body or changing it alchemically into something that well, you know, it, it changes the body and makes you smarter and younger and faster. Yeah. Kinda, like, kinda like Dune, you know, spice, man. You know, yeah. spice plus flow.
1: I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh to watch that new one. I haven't I haven't gotten around to watching the new Dune yet.
0: Yeah, me either. I wanna see it.
1: I just
2: I watched it, it, it like about a week or two ago and it How was is it? It was pretty good, man. Nice. Good.
0: Nice. I enjoyed nice. it, yeah. Yeah, but there was a whole thing. Uh, what was his name? Was it Robert something? Was it Monroe's uh, down here in Phoenix who was making the first monoatomic gold? Are you familiar? Are you, do, do you know, you know that story?
1: No. Nope. Uh-uh. You don't know that story, Roman? Jim oh, man? no, shit, no. No, like I said, I, oh, wow. my buddy, my no, buddy is... has that brand, and that was like my extent on the monoatomic.
0: So I want to say his name. God, I want to say Robert. It's probably not. It's been years since I've talked to Um, a farm he had a family farm he was i I just don't mean like he was a farmer like me where i have some you know stuff in the backyard some squash dude had like miles of farming you know down south of phoenix here on the way to california and um he was doing um cotton because we do a lot of cotton here in arizona um pima cotton actually and that gets in the old stuff too but another story um but anyway his soil was um being depleted and he was trying to, he went to Aho and picked up different chemicals. He was spraying his fields and experimenting, trying to change the chemistry of a soil to where certain nutrients weren't binding and they would become readily available to his plants, right? That's what he was doing. And he, 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 he got the soil samples and he took them in for assaying and he did a, um, I think the Russians did it the best. He, he had the Russians, he couldn't, he, Americans wouldn't do it for him but what do they do with a spectro spectrograph spectrometer? where they burn it off and the different colors come out and they read the colors for the the you know, you know what i'm talking about i think it's
1: spectrometer a yeah
0: spectrometer anyway he starts monkeying around and i know i'm butchering the story here and talked about this for years now but um they do this one uh the, he finds monoatomic gold and like what is this he's like i don't know you tell me and he starts playing with it and he did this deal to where they put in a spectrometer and they would get, they would hit it with a certain frequency or a certain level after it burns and it would disappear. And then it would reappear. It actually became mm. interdimensional. It disappeared. It was gone. And then they kept cranking up and then it came back. He starts producing monoatomic gold in his factory, uh, small factory down South of Phoenix. And you know what? The feds came in, <clears throat> shut them down, oh, confiscated everything and said you cannot you will not do this again under penalty jail imprisonment financial ruin yada 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 shut him down completely um he was making he was the first guy making all that stuff uh he that's where it started that's where that's where the model atomic gold kind of wow. came on scene was down here in south south of phoenix
2: um you mentioned pima cotton yeah. I was I was trying to think of where I heard that before and i just started reading a, a book called the Oralinda and in the beginning oh, yeah. of it they they talk about how uh the people who continued on this story for, it's a it's Frisian mythology and they were using pima cotton as like a type of paper uh to write all this down on Ooh. and they're trying to figure out where this pima cotton came from i can uh, tell you yes please do
0: so when um when the uh, settlers got here to the Phoenix Valley, they found, you know, so the, the five seas, the five economic seas of Arizona are cotton, cow, ca- cotton, copper, cattle, citrus, and climate. Those are the five seas that made Arizona Ooh. from the late 1800s till till, um, well, Motorola came in. And uh, <laughs> those, those, those were the originals. And um, cotton had been grown here. You know, we tend to think of Native Americans, you know, if you watch the old West, you think of Native Americans, you're coming across the West, and there's just a bunch of spear chucking, hide wearing, wagon burning savages out there, right? <laughs> Killing everyone, chopping everyone, or raping and raping everyone. Dude, there were trade networks, there were platform mounds, there were pyramids, there were astro, uh, astro, astro astronomical sites all over the country. There were networks of of, of birds and macaws and parrot feathers coming up from Mesoamerica and little copper bells from, uh, you know, further south in Guatemala coming all the way up here and um, uh, shit coming in from the Pacific Ocean, shells and um, uh, coral and whatnot and trading. You know they found flint from michigan here in phoenix area so huge networks the native americans were growing a cotton out here in the valleys you know you have to have irrigation to have cotton it takes a lot of water right and that's what they were growing their primary co- crop in phoenix was corn but it was also cotton right and they uh they would get it together and they would then relay trade it north so the natives would put on their backs and carry it 40, 50 miles north to like Black Canyon City, you know, to the Agua Fria culture, and they would trade for deer hides or bear skins or uh, ob- ob- obsidian from the, ob- ob- the ob- ob- obsidian fields. And then they would come back south again, and they would grab their cotton. And, they, so, and then everyone only went like 50. You didn't, you didn't have to go from Phoenix to, you know, um, Idaho. You just had to go your 50 miles, and the next guy would do his 50 miles, and that's how stuff got, it got traded, called relay trading. So cotton was the primary export here. People wore clothing, cotton clothing in the American Southwest. They wore cloth. They were weaving cloth. Now they had yucca fiber stuff as well and deer hides to some extent. But down here in the deserts, they wore cotton clothing. Up north, uh, when, when, they, when they wore clothing, up north, they wore a lot of deer skins and bear hides, okay? That being said, in 1905, the botanists come in here and they find this cotton growing. And they're like, oh, look at that. We can grow here, right? Because 1902 was the um, um, uh, the Reclamation Act got passed, right? And the first project was the Tennessee Valley Authority in, in 1903. And the second project was building the dams along the Salt River. So the Roosevelt Dam started, and then the next dam down uh, formed after that. That was um, Apache Lake. And then the next one was Canyon Lake and then Saguaro Lake. Those are the four lakes. They spell SCAR, S-C-A-R um all the way up and um that tamed the salt river cuz back in the day the salt river used to flood out and and if, if phoenix would flood like miles either way of the salt river the same way egypt did the nile did right it would lay down new nutrients then it would recede again and they would go in there and plant again that's how it worked um that's a whole different topic about the similarities between phoenix and egypt e- E. E. phoenix and egypt which explains why dc and phoenix the head of egypt now is phoenix or dc D. and phoenix again so all these tie-ins from the ancient masonic world to today and even going back you know two thousand years ago to the to the hohokam these same ties are here in the phoenix area um that being said they find this cotton growing and they say hey let's mix this with egyptian because it's very drought tolerant here in phoenix and um so they mix it and they make a hybrid and they grew it out on a test farm in a place called Sacaton, which is about 30 miles 30 40 miles to the east of phoenix and the, they had the pimas grow it out they hired pimos to grow it out because pima's really good at growing cotton and uh, when they found it they called it els or extra long staple it was a very long so uh, that cotton we grow in Phoenix now is the second finest cotton on earth after Egyptian cotton because it's a hybrid, but it's more drought resistant. So they're losing some length on it, but they're getting more drought resistance. And in honor of the Pima who grew it out, they called it Pima cotton. And the Pima so are an indigenous
1: uh, co- like uh, indigenous culture from Arizona?
0: Pima Pima are the um, are the descendants. The, the real name is the Akmel O'odaham, which means the people of the river and um, they are most likely the descendants of the Hohokam. See, when the Hohokam culture uh, it disbanded in about uh, 1425, we know there were two decades of drought followed by a flood. And that flood, so, so the drought, you know, crops go down, people thin out and move out to different areas. The flood came down the Salt River and flooded in sand, filled in all those trunk canals with sand. And they couldn't dig the sand out fast enough To get back to reestablish the level of planting they had to sustain the population base that they had grown that they they had the official numbers about 65 to 70,000 Native Americans. However, when I talked to the city archaeologist Lorraine down there at the Pueblo Grande and start running the numbers like how do you dig this much, you know, how do you construct 50 to 70 foot canals that are 20 feet deep. Okay, the trunk canals alone are 54.6 million cubic yards of earth. That's 54.6 million truckloads. Let right? so alone it's like some, one cubic some yard.
1: Crazy dense clay, too, right? It's not just yes. you know, okay. it's like forest soil.
0: No written language, no mathematics, no metallurgy skills, no wheel, and no pack animal. They're supposed to took flat rocks and dug into the earth and moved it with baskets full of or made from, uh, from, from cactus fiber. That's how they say to a perfect gradient of three to four feet per draw of, of, of drop per mile. Okay. The canals we have today from the salt river project that move water across Phoenix are built right on top of the old ones. Cause we could not improve on the location <laughs> of these canals. They had no sections. They had no transits. They had no modern day equipment, no horses, no, you know, yet they they designed and built not a canal te- technically it's, it's an aqueduct system, not, not, a, not because canals have boats. Um, but it's, it's the most advanced, um, um, hydro hydrology, um, uh, engineering endeavor done in the Western world at the time.
2: And what, what were they making out of it in, in, in that area though? Not so, paper, obviously, if they weren't writing or doing anything clothes no
0: they were clothing it was for clothing textiles, textiles. so um so so what happened was like the hokam didn't die but the culture died the people moved on so my, my i have a few hopi friends and they're like oh no like quite a few of the Hohokam came up here and some of them went up to and join the uh Sinagwin culture the Sinaguans, S-I-N-Agua, without water, the without water people named mm. after the Sinagua Mountain, which is Humphreys Peak. The Spanish named it when they came to the 1500s because there was no water around it, right? Um, they're up in the Verde Valley and then up onto the Colorado Plateau. And Then there's the Mugion culture off to like the Northeast. And there's the Salado culture, which is due east of Phoenix out towards Globe and Miami. That was the cosmopolitan. That was like a mixture of all those cultures including the ones from Casa Grande coming up from Mexico. They probably had some influence of in there as well. Then you had the Patayan culture along the Colorado River to the, the West. So people just kind of migrated out and just went different places. A few of stayed, but the heyday, the culture, the, it, it, imagine like a, coming and just seeing a few little people living in a political world ruin all around. That's kind of what Phoenix was when the when the Spanish came came through to Phoenix, then they went north, and they found that the agua free culture had died out, then they went north up into the Verde Valley, Sedona, Prescott area, right, found that um, that the Sinaguans they left Montezuma's castle and Montezuma's cave and all those ruins were all just completely empty. The whole Central Arizona corridor was emptied out of people for the most part, when the Spanish came through. I have theories on that. I think there was probably a disease. Uh, it 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 comes with this perfect timing with the bubonic plague. I think there was uh, transatlantic traffic that came across um, quite a bit more than um, we know today. And I think it's very possible, if not probable, that the bubonic plague made its way over here and started wiping pe- pe- people out. Why else would people move up to um, uh, cliff dwellings? Why would you live in a, in 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 a, in a cliff, right? You have to haul all your water out, up there. Your kids can fall off. Your elderly can't climb up there. You, you just sleep. It's 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 a fortress. You're fortifying yourself, and if you are there, fortifying there yourself an enemy, and you're yeah, or a flood, but floods come and go. You wouldn't stay up there, right? We know that they lived in in the the the, the, the these things for for, for semi extended periods of, of time, but think about it if you were attacking my tribe and I built my, and we fortified ourselves 50, 60, 70 feet up on this, on this, or hundred feet up on this cliff, all you got to do, man, is camp out. The human body dies in three days without water, right? And food. Yeah. We start ne- uh, negotiating real quick. The only <laughs> reason you would be up there is to keep yourself safe from a very violent and very temporary threat hmm. so i had a buddy in high school he was working on a um on a movie and we were playing with that idea back in high school because we were talking about that and he says Corey, what if there's like an ancient zombie virus that made its way across the southwest <sighs> and he wanted to make like an ancient native american zombie movie and they said that would totally explain the cliff to i'm like Fuck yeah it would <laughs> so but we never did it. So if you're out there and you make a movie, someone make that movie. I, w- I would love to watch it. Man, um, I'm looking think, at what? this.
1: Uh, if the Phoenix aqueducts, like and I, it's, it's yeah, it's really big, like, and yeah. very extensive to think that, you know, you're building this with just rudimentary, uh, you know.
0: What about just, this theory? What about this theory? What about the Hohokam discovered These ancient canals the same way jack swilling discovered these ancient canals very very true and there was once a culture that lived in the valley of the sun in the shining valley that uh well was a center of trade think about it guys look at phoenix arizona on a map okay you You have six rivers that dump into phoenix you got the gila the salt, the verde, agua fría, new river, and the hacienda. And they it, put your hand up and add like a six finger right there, though, and they all go up and out. The gila six goes fingers. over six fingers. Yeah. Right. Six giant. Um, yeah.
2: Maybe that's what they're really six. talking about is the six fingered, like What's the, the giants six, had six yeah. fingers, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's not actually a giant hand. Maybe it's showing you Phoenix and the six rivers.
0: Yeah, yeah, but Phoenix sits at the base of the Rocky Mountains, right? Uh, Arizona is a is a you know Arizona has more river frontage, more miles of river frontage than Alaska has ocean frontage. Damn, we have more rivers in this state than than people even know, um, and because we're at the bottom of a drainage system off the Colorado uh, plateau and off the Rocky Mountains, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes in the Colorado, then down to the Yucatan Peninsula, so uh some rivers go up to the northwest corner some go up to the grand canyon is there some any go pyramids
2: the... along the base of these rivers uh or
0: there a, are rumored the to be the rivers there are some rumors up in the verde valley and up the grand canyon yes there are there are rumors of that but they never mm. got tracked down um some symbols swear to them i haven't seen them but um you know um, they're gone now but people say they were destroyed mm. but um that's cool. If you're moving any goods or products down from the Great Plains, the Four Corners, or the northern cultures, you have to come to Phoenix, right? Because we live in the desert. And if you go across the open desert, you die. The Camino de Diablo here, in between here and Mexico. Uh, you have to stick to the river systems. They are the highways. And once you get to Phoenix, all those rivers meet at a place called Rios, which is about 10 miles west of downtown Phoenix. And they go to the Gila, and the Gila to the Colorado, and down to the Yucatan. Gila monster. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Gila, that's right, G-I-L-A, Gila. So Phoenix, guys, is an epicenter of trade, geographically and naturally in the ancient world. Anything coming up from Mesoamerica has to go through Phoenix, anything coming down from the Four Corners, the Great Plains, all those has to come down through Phoenix to get down to Mesoamerica. That would explain why maybe the Phoenicians, maybe Mm -hmm. someone older than the Phoenicians, you know, the Minoans, maybe we know the Minoans were in the Midwest mining copper all the way up there, in Michigan, right? All that copper that's missing. They found Minoan. And there's been tons and tons of research done on that. And, uh, uh doctors and PhDs, um, putting the, they, they have the evidence. It's like not even a,
2: I think uh, Vikings were the first to have copper weapons.
0: They were up in the Northeast, the new England area. They, they yeah. say they didn't get very much further West than that, but then you have stories of like, um, Canada, what's his name? Prince Madoc, right?
2: Yeah. Kentucky, Prince Madoc
0: yeah. with the blue-eyed, blonde-haired Native Americans in North Dakota, uh, and King guess Arthur. who found them? Uh, L- Mary, Mary, Weather Lewis and Clark, Mary, yeah. Weather Lewis, the thirty-third degree Scottish Rite Freemason, hired by uh, Jefferson to come across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, he found blonde-haired, blue-eyed Indians that all died of smallpox shortly after. Um, <laughs> you know, and they said that that their great, great, great grandfather came from across the great ocean to the east, and it was probably Prince Madoc. That came over in two sets of 200 people each to start this new colony over here because Americas yeah. are full of stories i know
2: you it's know. great we've been doing a couple of months on ancient america uh and then this month we are going to be doing uh like synchro mystic lands of america so uh yeah that's why we wanted to get you on the show i was looking up the ho oh like it sounds familiar to me because i played pokemon and the in the pokemon it's a it's a phoenix it's a ho-o bird and so i was looking it up and it says the ho-o bird is a mythical creature adapted from chinese mythology that incorporates parts of the several creatures such as the rooster mandarin duck peacock crane and pheasant uh, the mer- the bird was misidentified as a phoenix or a flying turkey by western consumers in the early 20th century uh, ho birds are the main decorative element on phoenix ware vessels decorated with a some Suki transfer print. Um, but anyways, it comes from Chinese mythology, Ho o And uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on about uh, maybe the Chinese being in California, and in America in uh, the early times. Uh, I know Gavin Mendes has a book called 1421. Uh, when China made it to America. Um, so uh, there's there, a, are a, there might be there an interesting are, connection there to follow too yeah.
0: well i can tell you there's a ton of um those anchors they found off the coast of california going down into mexico because the uh, chinese used very distinctive anchors that were oh. like um, um like wheels right they, they'd make a wheel out of it they'd haul out the inside and they'd just tie a rope on or chain on it and yeah down.
2: like a weight like a, for a barbell
0: yeah basically yeah 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 no, no 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 it looked like a big washer like a big huge washer yeah like a like, round like like a circle that had the um they had the inside cut out of it so it was like a big like like a metal washer but it was like a stone yeah. stone circle yeah.
2: like when you lift
1: weights yeah, on like,
0: the, like, you put the weights like, on the bar like, like bar weight yes. yeah 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 I mean, exactly so they found it, like or a donut what
1: about a donut can i throw there a donut you go donut. The shape mix? Donut. there we go there you
0: go <laughs> i'll tell you what a friend of mine found up in the wiki valley the big sandy valley he showed me um, I went in his house, he was an old timer and he had an old sword he found up in a tree and a rifle leaning up against a tree. You know, he, when he was, you know, back in the 1940s and fifties up in the, the, the mountains, up the, up in the Aquarius range and the, the Walpi range, but he had, he pulled these beads out and he had hundreds of them on these strings. And they were about yay big, halfway between a clacker and a marble. And they had like these designs on them. I'm like, what is it? He's like, I don't know. He said, we found them up in a cave up I said we're at he goes oh it's north of here up yonder and them, our woods you know and um he said i took them in the 70s and i uh mailed like i called the smithsonian and they told me to mail a few in so i mailed a few in and i got a phone call back they tracked me down and said uh, do you have any more of these he's like nope nope just those two he said he you know he had hundreds of them and 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 he goes um well we never seen them before uh can you s- he said okay great can you send them back? He's like, no we're gonna hold on to these and they took them they wouldn't give them oh, back
1: fuckers. Even. <laughs>
0: so um what they did is they took them to a, a rock and gem show and they found a guy over that deals in like pottery and carvings and weird stuff like that they worked with him and he said that they were polynesian designs on these beads polynesian and the guy looked at him and this, this, this wait 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 for the cool part he looked <laughs> under a microscope and within the bottom, I mean, imagine taking like a, um, a tip of a pen and carving into the bead, you know, maybe a centimeter down. And that was the design they were carved in. Right. But in the bottom, in the floor of that, of the groove, when you look with a the microscope, there was like microscopic laser etchings and writings in the groove in the bottom of it. Whoa. And I found this out three or four years, I mean, five years after they found this out. And he said, yeah, so we found out that they were fake. I said, what? He goes, yeah, if they were real, you know, they didn't have lasers back then. So, um, you know, he just got rid of them. I'm like, what? He's he going to get rid of them. He's oh, he just, you know, they he thought because there were microscopic laser etchings in the bottom of the floor of the groove that they were a modern day fake. Instead of thinking that maybe they were an ancient artifact that, from a previous culture that had the, you know, they found them buried in the back of a cave up there. So, yeah. And they were Polynesian. And they were found in the big Sandy, Sandy Valley in western Arizona. Yeah, it Arizona. seems like a,
2: maybe they, a cash yeah. hoard that they stuck in the cave to preserve. And then shit happens, you know? Well, uh, and then somebody, it's kind of like the Quamron Quam caves where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, right. you, you don't, you don't know about some of this shit, man. You know,
0: you, well, if you want, we, to we don't know the something.
2: history of what really happened in America. So when you find shit like that, fucking it could be anything.
0: Yeah, you know, when archaeologists age things, um, they can reach into pack rat nests, right? And because pack rats will build pack rat nests in the cave for years, so you have a time capsule of. Organic material, carbon, animals that were alive then that aren't alive now, all kinds of shit, right? And um, it's like a time capsule. Well, people figured out that they can bury stuff. You know, pemmican buried in the back of a cave, it stays cool, it stays dry, never gets wet, never gets d- 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 uh, d- disturbed. And that if you want to preserve something, you bury it in the back of a cave, at the very back, at the bottom, and it's as long as it's dry cave, you're it's good for thousands and thousands of years absolutely yeah man
2: fascinating so good uh roman did you have anything left to say
1: uh i mean yes lots of things (laughs) uh this i mean uh but um i guess yeah it's you know two and a half hours we can wrap it up let people digest the goodness and uh but maybe i'll say uh maybe i'll ask if we already asked you earlier about par- uh, paranormal experiences, but do you and or uh, your fiance have any like ghost stories, any other paranormal stuff? I'm trying to get the paranormal juice, even if it's not your story. Yeah. Give me some, give me some like, a little gravy.
0: I mean, everyone has paranormal stories. Um, you know, we're all spiritual. We're, it's a metaphysical world. Everyone has them. Um, you know, I, I I tell a story that happened to me. It's a true story. Um, I was um, when we owned the gas station in Wikiup. I used to drive twice a week to Phoenix and deliver the cash, and come home. And um, I was coming back late. I used to stay and talk to my parents till like you know eleven o'clock, then drive the two hours, two and a half hours back home. So I would I would often be driving at midnight, one a.m., two a.m., and get home late. And and back then on that Highway ninety three. There was no one on it. I mean, I wouldn't see people pass me for five, 10 minutes on a highway going across the desert. And there was nobody behind me. You know, oftentimes there's nobody, like, there's no lights. And it's one of the most rural parts of the entire state. And it was one, it was a night like that. This is back in 1998. 1998. There's a place called Burrow Creek. It's about 15 miles south of up. And there used to be, it's not there anymore they, they redid the bridge, they built a new, um, a new, um, side of the bridge and they tore it down, but there was a rest stop, right? A very dangerous rest stop to get to you cross the bridge and you have to like slow down within like 50 yards and hang a sharp, right. into this little tiny thing before the oh, coming traffic ran, ran into you from the back coming off this massive, huge <laughs> bridge spanning a 600 foot freaking Canyon. And, um, it's gnarly. And, uh, good thing they took it out because i've almost people wrecked there but anyway i i pulled over there and it overlooked the you could it was really cool rest stop because you could get out there and like walk around and like overlook the entire campground at the bottom and this whole huge valley the arastra mountains off to the south the greenwood peak off to the west and um it's a massive and you're right there on the edge of this canyon and the bridge you can see the whole bridge because you're kind of lower and the traffic come by is a really neat 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 spot and um I was there with my dog, Chacho. The only <laughs> I, I Chacho was my dog. He's my lab a pit bull lab mix. And I had a knife. Um, it was a bigger sog knife. That I just, I just keep it just tucked in the front of my pants there. And I was sitting there at probably 1:30 in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, some, somewhere like that. It was a three quarter moon night. I remember the moon because of what happened next, but I'm standing out there and things get really weird and quiet, you know, and the bats stop and everything gets quiet and the bugs stop. And I'm like, what, this is really bizarre. And I look around for Chacho and he's under the truck. I'm like, what are you doing? And I get that, you know, when the hair raises up and you know, something's bad, and you're just yeah. waiting for the bullet to hit or something to, you know, waiting for what is going to happen to happen. And I'm looking out and I'm looking down and I'm looking for snakes. I'm looking for coyotes. I'm looking for, you know, whatever. And I just so happened to turn around and look up to, to my left and something was bearing down on me. And, um, I did martial arts for years when I was a kid, years, like eight years. And the first thing you learned in Aikido is how to fall. The second thing you learn is how to roll, right? Because you're going to get your ass kicked. You know, you got to learn how to fall, how to roll, and how to take a punch. That's before before you start throwing punches. You got to learn those three things if you just survive get, get, getting punched. And I instinctively saw this thing coming and I basically just went down and I did a left shoulder front roll. And as I rolled and came back up, this thing just passed right over me. And I heard it wearing clothing, you know, the sound that a flag makes when it whips in the wind
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: or you stick a flag out of a truck window and t- 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 the, 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 the whipping noise, that's the noise it made. And I came up onto my feet and I grabbed my knife and I, 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 I stood there for a second, like I thought, you know, bird vulture owl, you know, these, you know, my, my mind's going there first. And, um. I'm I'm looking at it, and then my, I'm processing this thing. It, it, it all it all happened within you know two or, two or three seconds, and it went up at a 45 degree angle to the, to the ground, probably about maybe 25 yards out, something like that, 30 yards out, stopped, hovered, turned around, and just stared straight back at me. And cool. it was wearing a black cloak slash hood thing, like it was all wearing a black thing. Then the, the only thing I can describe it as like the only thing I can d- just, just d- describe it as, um, in the Lord of the rings, those black things that were the robes that ride the the, the, the what Wraiths. Wraiths, Yeah. It, it, the only thing, but we not so big and no red eyes. And it was like a smaller version, probably like, um, maybe somewhere between probably a four, four and a half foot entity creatures mm. person something like that <laughs> and it stood there and I, I remember screaming something like come on mother ever whatever I, you know whatever i screamed at, i can't remember what i screamed and and i looked back and my dog's just like under the truck right just shaking still and i and i kind of look and i look at my truck and i'm gauging steps and distance and you know <laughs> i'm like what my next move is you know i'm in full on you know you know war war mode here and i know that my pistol was on the uh in the truck and um just then, it turns to the west, kind of southwest, south southwest, and goes straight towards Greenwood Peak, and um, just just floated off, rather speedily. Hmm. It's, it, it started. It, it didn't just like jet like 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 a UFO does It started out kind of slow and then took off. It wasn't flapping. It just it just floated and moved. And I took a few steps backwards and turned around and bolted for my truck, looking, thinking you know so it was going to come at me me again. I turned in the truck and I was, I uh, was it driving. I was driving a, um, I think it was my old pickup. I was like a 72 hmm. Chevy that I'd bought for like $3,000 and came was like a full size custom deluxe Chevy, right? The 350, one of those big trucks. That's what I was driving that night. nice. And, um, and, uh, and I pulled back on the highway and I hauled ass back home and I called my buddy, my, one of my, my best friends from school. And he's like a, a big time evangelical Christian. And he'll tell you the same story. I called him up hysterical at like two thirty in the morning and say, "Dude, we know about demons. I think I just saw a demon. I was attacked by 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 a a, 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 a demon." And um, that's the true story. That happened. And when I start learning about that bridge, um, there's a guy named Rick who drowned directly below that bridge. There's a um, a hole. I say a hole, but the creek comes through. But in the creek, there's a hole that goes thirty feet straight down and uh, his horse he was leading a, a, a bull out of the canyon there and the he had it dallied up to his saddle and uh the bull crossed behind him and it knocked him off his horse he was wearing his chaps and his gun and his his, his, his slicker his, his trench coat it was winter time he couldn't swim and he sunk to the bottom and drowned mm. um he died there i almost drowned a couple years later there as well i was crossing and i was coming up i was on a solo hike with chacho and my other dog puppy i was coming out of that canyon the same canyon right below there And I was coming out and my foot slipped. I had my my backpack on and my face went down right here and hit a rock. I knocked myself out and uh, with my backpack on. And I woke up when I was sliding into the water right there. And um, and I kind of like, whoa. And I got up and I rolled and I got myself out and I took a break. And I was sitting there, this is like three years after this. And it's a true story. I swear to God, this is true. And I looked this while they were building that second um, bridge spanning. And I looked up and the construction had been going on, on that bridge, you know, because when they build a bridge, they start from the both sides and they kind of build out to the middle, right? On these, on these big bridges. And um, I saw what looked like, I thought a construction worker, but it was a Sunday. I remember, I remember it, was, it was a Sunday and I'm looking at it and I saw someone out there and and I and I waved, so I'm thinking it's just after I almost drowned, right? I almost just drowned. And I'm laying there trying to get my my breath, my dogs look in my face. That's kind of what woke me up and you know, sliding in, in, into the water. And I see this thing, this person on the edge of the bridge out there, which is probably about a good 60 feet, maybe maybe yeah, 60 feet into the canyon at that point. But it's you know, it's it's like an unfinished part of the bridge, and it crouches down and just sits there, kind of like it's on its haunches. And it's just staring at me. I don't know. Fuck no. I don't know.
1: Absolutely. And I looked
0: at it, and I didn't move. And I'm thinking, okay, hopefully it didn't see me. But I see it. It stared. It went on probably about three or four minutes. And I got up, and I started walking down the started walking down the you know towards the 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 the, the campground. Uh, Someone told me that in that area there is an old burial ground, um, a native burial ground. Not that native burial grounds are any more creepy than regular bear you know burial ground everyone has this thing about native american burial grounds and you know or this haunted place you know well, earth is haunted <laughs> like earth the whole earth people have been dying all over burial forever yeah. earth is haunted people you know it's not just ancient sacred burial grounds it's it's your local burial grounds or yeah. you know there's, they're there's all ancient and sacred activity <laughs> yes everything is of every race of every nationality of every time it's all energy you know get you know get out energy. of the woo woo you know um there's real stuff everywhere so that happened there's my there's one of my paranormal. have you story, gone story back, right back
1: because you um, went back so. after seeing it the first time yeah i've been back you've been I've back
0: been. uh alicia and i i took her back um we did a video it's on my website where we went out there at the middle of the night to go uh demon hunting and uh, I went out there to go call that sucker up. I went out there to go man. out there and pick a fight with that fucking thing. Yeah. And it didn't come out. Um, it didn't it come knew. out that night. It knew. it knew better. We we camped down <laughs> at the um, at the campground and we drove up there and we filmed and we we're right there in that old uh, parking lot that I was on. And we we're taking um, photographs and different spectrums of light, seeing what we could see uh, for about three hours up there. It was cold. My God, it was cold that night. And, um, we did a whole video on that and, uh, we might go up and do, do, do it, do it again. Mm-hmm. It's a really lonely, dark place on the highway. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe we'll go out this summer and do it again. Nice.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh... That's, that's a good one.
2: I've never heard anything like that before. That's the first for me.
0: It's true, man. There's no reason to make something like that up.
2: No, that's great. I'm not, I didn't say I didn't believe you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Dan, that's you're awesome. a
0: disbeliever.
1: One, walk the line Am I? walk the line let's go no of course, course. not no, Dan roman dude. hey cheese <laughs> it's joking bro
2: yeah. beautiful oh man well thank you so much cory we appreciate yeah, guys, your time thanks for having me mean, thanks yeah
0: thanks, thanks for, for going for uh for for reaching out and finding me man and it's a pleasure yeah. Thanks you for guys, going uh,
2: overtime with us, man. Cool I appreciate it. Oh, that. I
0: do I do six hour streams regularly, man. That is nothing. <laughs> this is like nothing. <laughs> this is like go on forever. All right,
2: man. Uh well, thank you anyway. Again and again. Uh tell people where they
0: can go find you at and check out your material, man. Yeah. So it's uh the Phoenix Enigma, E-N-I-G-M-A, the Phoenixenigma.com. That's my website. Um, you can go on Google, just type me in. You're gonna find um, I think I have Instagram under that name. My Facebook has been canceled. My YouTube has been canceled. My Patreon has been canceled. That's how you know I'm a real, true, truther, guys. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> one of the guys that's been canceled everywhere. But my website's up and running. If you're interested in the Isaac Cappy stuff, just type in the Isaac Cappy mind map or go to the front page of my website and scroll down to the Isaac Cappy mind map and click there. Um, it's all there. Um, I have um, on my website, you know, I have stuff on de occulting. Um, occulted studies, science speculation, the deep desert, Phoenix, and some of the people that are here. I need to flesh out more of that stuff and add to it. Uh, new, num- number studies, uh, numerology, and videos. You can go see all my videos. Uh, some of the better ones um, are actually um, archived on my website and I'm on, my guest appearances, so stuff like that. Um, and if you go on Google, never mind all the crazy shit people say about me, um, a lot of disinformation and a lot of attempted character assassination from the Isaac Cappy study, um, you know, investigation, there's just the worst humans came out with the craziest stuff. And for some reason, YouTube, you know, if you get on their bad side, they'll keep up the videos that, you know, talk trash about you, but not the ones where you're telling the <laughs> truth and trying to clear your name. And it's so much garbage out there, you know, but they tried to discredit the Isaac Cappy stuff by discrediting me because I did the investigation. So you're going to, you're going to see a lot of garbage on on me about that, but um, you know, it is what it is so the the truth will prevail you stay in the light and uh, you keep saying the truth and you'll eventually come out on the right side that's how it works Excellent.
2: thank you man thank you fire tribe for listening
0: if you're not down with that wake up, wake up.